Hey everybody and welcome to episode 511 of Video Game Apocalypse. I'm your host Michael Rapara is coming to you from the Justin Allen Memorial Studio of the Airwaves. If you want it to be the U Memorial Studio of the Airwaves, go to patreoncom time and join us at the $20 level. Who's joining me now? Who keeps muttering? Meatball Chris Antista. <laughs> <laughs> Why meatball? Because I, as an Italian American, I'm giving Trump carte blanche to use that nickname for Ron DeSantis. Ah, right. It's yes, the yes. laziest, best nickname of all time. <laughs> uh, and I kind of hope, given where he lives in Florida, there's some retired old Goomba who like takes his kneecaps out because. I'm not used to being offended by those terms. My grandfather really was. You called him a fucking meatball after growing up in the little Italy, New York. He'd probably kick your ass. But, uh, right. All right. Who yeah. else? Uh, Panini. Matthew Allen. I don't know. I'm just doing the food. <laughs> it's just continuing oh. this. And special guest. Uh, I, I, I don't have a sandwich. I didn't know this was a... <laughs> That's okay. Just just wing it. Uh, cheese stick. I don't know. Jambalaya. Mike Williams. Like, wow. Ooh, nice. <laughs> Jambalaya. Love it. There's no reason. There's no reason to celebrate Italians in February. We don't have to keep that going. And and Mike, where can people hear or see more of you or your work? Uh, you can find me uh, every day on the hell site that is Twitter at automatic zen z e n, or you can find me on fanbyte.com at the link shelf writing every day about Final Fantasy fourteen. Holy oh, wow. shit! So yeah, it's going to be. A fun show. We've had a lot of UFO panic weirdness in the news, and as as I've seen pointed out on social media, yeah, this isn't this isn't like what we're used to from UFO panic. It's more just like, oh, good, aliens are here. Cool. Hope they kill us all. Uh, it was like that, but then I feel like what I learned is the government doesn't mean the same thing you think they mean when they say UFO. Like they literally what? just meant like. Hmm. Oh yeah, there's some like balloons and shit that we don't know what down. that was. Yeah, 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 like, but but everyone immediately wants to go to fucking ET, yeah. bro. It's happening. Well, yeah, yeah but it, it could just be more balloons. But one of, one of my favorite ever cartoons is from this strip called "The Parking Lot Is Full" that just shows like a column of chicken, like fused together chicken spines and heads and wings flying past the window of a jetliner, and the caption is just "Unidentified flying object does not necessarily mean aliens." It's true. Yeah, <laughs> this is true. And and yeah. I, I also think it's funny because I don't know how true it is, but I think all our perception. I grew up as a kid, like obsessed with reading about UFOs and aliens and abductions, and it was always like, "Well, why is this a secret?" Like the government doesn't want people to panic, and within the last five years, people are in a perpetual state of panic all the time. Yeah. Anyway, that the government just a couple of years ago, like, yeah, those. Might be a, we don't know what those are. Yeah, so yeah, we don't know. Yeah, we'll we'll go ahead and conf- it's thank right you. The name. What's your name? What's his name from Blink One Eighty Two for literally publishing Tom those DeLonge. videos and the government confirming they were you? They don't even care anymore. <laughs> it's like you have bigger things to worry about. Uh, your gay teacher is getting fucking flogged in the, in the town square and you can't have an abortion anymore. Every I prefer to say Tom DeLonge is from Aliens and Airwaves. I refuse to acknowledge his origins it's in Blink-182. Angels and Airwaves That's what it is, as the biggest Tom DeLonge fan? Are I you the biggest Tom DeLonge fan? You're no. admitting that publicly? I have no, no idea he's what's like, going on right now. He's, he's, he was he's the, one of the guys from Blink-182. The, right. I yeah, can't he's, tell he's, he's the, the one who comes one in after that. the other guy sings and he goes, Where are you? <laughs> yeah, he's the one with a really whiny voice. They, you know. Why he's got that Long Beach accent? Why? Right. <laughs> oh, right. That's that the one. one. That's the one. And you have a Long Beach had an accent. Uh, look it up. It's, right? it's in all your punk oh, rock, Michael. I'm sure it is. No, I'm I think sure. I think he means Long Beach, like in New York area, not 
Long Beach, I do California. Not. I do not. You, you mean I'm like Sublime so- has an accent? SoCal pop punk scene and that yeah, accent. Yeah, like Yellow exists. Card and all yes. of that. Like that, yeah. air, that era. It only exists all. there. We'll talk about Yellow Card in this podcast. <laughs> Why not? <laughs> they were, it was a great song to grow down the hill in SSX. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I promise the show's about video games. Uh, I said <laughs> SSX. That's true. Uh, yeah, also Yellow Card aliens. was in Burnout. So. Hello. Yeah. See, I'm, I'm well. thinking of Medway's Red Card, which was their soccer answer to NFL Blitz. But uh, I was going to oh say, boy. that sounds like an edgy extreme sports oh, take yes. on Red Card um, soccer. Nobody soccer. remembers this game. But yeah, right. it's, it's nice that, that aliens are on the brain. Mm-hmm. Because it, it can't be like, yeah, anybody could publish a book back when I was a kid about how they may or may not have been abducted by aliens. And when I first got the Internet, I was all about looking into alien conspiracies. And then something weird happened called camera phones mm. and the UFO sightings dropped like a motherfucker because <laughs> everybody has the ability to film whatever they're seeing. And no one caught one mm. ever. Mm-hmm. Do you ever. suppose time life radicalized like an entire generation or maybe two of people it like if they time life? It was yeah. time like remember those books they had yeah. like the one that had the big alien on the cover like my brother had those books like I remember you, I only remember like a a twin sister dies and her sister feels it right away and like a and then alien but, abductions. But it was like a time life. Cons- all it, it would like the theme of those books was just conspiracy theories. Like we just have a bunch of books about conspiracy theories that you pay for like an encyclopedia. You yeah. subscribe to these mm-hmm. books. What the hell? But oh, they had such a great commercial. How would you explain this? A dozen people around the world who never met each other describe an encounter with a being from space, and their descriptions of the creature match almost exactly. And how can you explain the growing number of people who feel that they've had a brush with something beyond our everyday understanding? Maybe no one can fully explain these things, but they can no longer be ignored. That's why Time Life takes a serious look into this world with a remarkable new series, Mysteries of the Unknown. It's wild. Until you brought it up, I hadn't thought about that. Yeah. Like, the Time Life books and the fact that, like, all of that stuff dropped off. As soon as we got like, do you know instant here, uploading camera phones? Yeah. Here and here's here's my favorite thing about Time Life is that they were essentially a content aggregator, a way to release old content for companies and people who were dead. So that was probably like years old information, and we only have cable through Time Life. That is why we have cable because New York could not. If you lived in inner city New York, you could not receive a television signal because huh. the antenna was the Empire State Building, and if you were below it, you didn't get anything. So Time mm. Life teamed up with a little company that became HBO to dig cable lines to pipe channels directly into people's homes. Time life. We owe, we kind of owe it a lot more than you think. Wow. Uh, I mean, Fox News wouldn't exist without time life. So you're right. Chris. It's what? Blame time life. All right. So I, I thought it would be fun with, with all this alien stuff on the brain. Uh, why don't we talk about abductions, specifically alien abductions in video games, specifically video games that are about alien abductions. It's not not just cool scenes, but yeah. entire games that are structured around this premise of aliens have come, they've stolen you or your loved ones, and you need to escape or fight them or hang out with them, become a bounty hunter. Oh, we, we, we can't really talk about that game. It's problematic now. But uh, a bunch <laughs> of others that we can. <laughs> and because I, I like I, when you said this, I was I mean, my, my favorite abduction scenes is GTA 5. But mm-hmm. that is kind of clearly a hallucination, but still yeah. a great scene nonetheless. Because mm-hmm. you just fall out of the sky when they're done with you while yep. you're on drugs. <laughs> 
So more great. sequences like that, please. Yeah, and it's all just your son fucking with you. Because mm-hmm. uh, he's mad. Just to set the tone a little bit here, there's one uh, alien abduction scene that came up when we were talking about this. And I know it's one of Chris's favorites. There! I think that... Ah! Oh! You gotta be close! Come on, try again! <laughs> so I'm South Park Stick of Truth. You have to play a bunch of mini games to uh, try and free Randy, who's being relentlessly probed and is taking the whole thing rather well. That's another great thing about former reports of alien abductions. They always involve drunk, repressed hicks in the middle of nowhere whose friends say they didn't see anything. Hmm. And it always involves somebody's anus getting railed. (laughs) (laughs) And because we just talked about fire in the sky, one of the greatest alien abduction sequences in all of film that guy was full of shit and he literally <laughs> described his account and like that sounds a lot like a movie that aired last week and it did because it was <laughs> was it like a tv movie about communion or something like that yeah okay. it had an alien abduction sequence in it but the way they portrayed it in fire in the sky it's one of the like scariest things you've ever seen mm. love that movie as a kid never let the truth get in the way of good story not at all nope but anyway, let's get into our top five with... Number five! All right, Crypto. I have analyzed all the thoughts you've collected, and I think I've isolated the perfect subject for you to... Probe and vaporize? No. Abduct and bring back to the mothership. My way's more fun. Abduct, not vaporize. Okay, but humanity ain't gonna annihilate itself, all I'm saying... Can I finish? Can I stop you? <laughs> Somehow I knew that, Chris, you would break in in that silence before Can I Finish. Okay, yes, <laughs> I was going to break in with my Dana Carvey, Ross Perot impression. Yeah. No, I heard the word crypto, so mm-hmm. this has to be the mobile game based on Dwayne The Rock Johnson's Super Pets featuring Superman's dog, Crypto. Yeah. See, I was about to say this is uh, Crypto before Crypto was bad. Wow. Mm. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it's just Crypto Spiridium, not terrible cryptocurrency. But yeah, Crypto, short for Crypto Spiridium 137, I want to say, in Destroy All Humans, Uh, which is kind of more the, the, I guess, the demand side of alien abductions than the supply side, where, you know, the rest of these will be exploring the supply side. But this is an alien. You get to (laughs) abduct people. Um, And uh, actually, in the remake that was released in 2020, it added these little mini games that after you finish a story mission you can uh, come back to the area and there's like an optional challenge where you can abduct a bunch of cows or furniture for whatever reason or at one point people the orbital transporter is stuck next to this blasted lake until i override the controls well at least plenty of units are stupidly gathered around to gob at it pitch them directly into the beam Something about a space hamster eating our turnips. Uh, is that Zim? That, that is Richard Horvitz, yeah. The voice of Zim and Raz from Psychonauts. Right. And the nerdy Zim? kid from summer school. Hello. Mm-hmm. No, it's it's post-Zim, but maybe before a lot of people heard, heard about it. I think... Mm. Zim is getting canceled, got canceled like two years ago, but they're still, they still have episodes to air uh, until like 2004 or five. Mm-hmm. And this is 2005, I think. 
I think so, yeah. And then it got, again, remade like three years ago. And I didn't realize at the time, but like to its credit, the most fun alien abduction or encounter stories are always in the 1950s and 60s Mm -hmm. because that's kind of when all this started just because like might be literally because cameras are becoming more available like you don't have to like buy a magnesium bulb and like set up a set up a light curtain (laughs) and you can maybe take a picture of stuff well yeah the 50s were also like the age of a boom in sci-fi b movies yes and tech and uh experimental technology that the government mm. would literally cover up, and yes. yeah, it was a weather yeah, balloon. and there, there, there will be a a tangent that I will follow from another uh, entry that also deals with the fifties. So, hmm. oh, and the, okay, okay, good, okay, all right, yeah, uh, but yeah, there's, like, there's something oh. about like abducting somebody in a fedora that seems absolutely okay with me. Like mm. it wouldn't make me panic as much as a modern person. Well, especially when you, uh, so the, the, you do get to abduct a guy in a fedora. There, so even even before the remake, there were a few key points where Crypto would abduct somebody. One person that he abducts is one of the, the men in black, a member of Majestic. And uh, the guy does not bend easily under interrogation. Go to hell, Klaatu. You think I'm scared of a three-foot space hamster? I think you should be. Now, we can do this easy, or we can do it hard. Your choice. What do you know about Majestic? I know we're gonna kick your little green ass all the way back to Mars. I'm not! Don't get mad. Get sadistic. I think this calls for the Jumbo Probe. Uh, The Jumbo Probe just fits around his head, by the way. It's, It's not like outrageously what? large uh, not like a rhinoceros dildo no 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 okay if this was the south park game that'd be the jimbo probe mm-hmm. but yeah one of one of right for us one of the running <laughs> the running joke is that uh everybody describes crypto as green when he's gray and this pisses him off more and more every time he hears it he's not a little green man he's a little gray man get it straight as, as... I, I i don't envy that voice actor though because he was given the insurmountable task of sound as close to Jack Nicholson as possible hmm. without sounding like Christian Slater. You can't do it. I, Try it. I, you fucking can't do that. I thought he was going for John Wayne. That's what I was thinking. I was like, is he doing Heston or Wayne? But Wayne, <laughs> Wayne didn't do... That's Nicholson. You're doing Nicholson. Like, John John Wayne was a little deeper like this, partner. So, yeah, he's kind of doing a hybrid. I like it. And in order to talk like Charlton Heston, you have to show all your teeth while talking. <laughs> <laughs> Yes. <laughs> Can you hear the teeth? That was somehow? Ed McMahon. See, now you're going into Ed McMahon. You've got to be careful. Yes. <laughs> Matt is correct, sir. <laughs> um, Johnny also talked through his teeth, if you think about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, wild, wild. <laughs> <laughs> you can keep going That's with the I mean, we're all just, yeah, we're just doing all these. Yeah, anyway. Yeah, destroy all humans. So the aliens do have a reason for coming to Earth and abducting people and stealing their brains, which is something you can do constantly. I'll let uh, Orthopox here explain. It was in the earliest days of the Empire we realized our species was doomed. We could not propagate due to our complete and utter lack of genitalia. Fortunately, a Furon ship happened upon Earth on its way back from destroying the Martians. Human society was young and nubile. Sailors on a foreign planet, letting off steam, one thing led to another. 
Long story short, every human being alive today has buried deep in his genetic code a strand of Furon DNA. Yeah, so the, the, the Furons eroded their own genitals through use of atomic weapons over and over again, and uh, now they just survive by cloning, but by reclaiming the their DNA you? from humans... That would uh, that would have been a great time for a erectile dysfunction erectile dysfunction spot. Where are our mm. podcast ads? Yeah. <laughs> we could have thrown it right in there. Are you a sterile alien? And can't get it up for your lady. I, I'd like to add that this is a very you know early two thousands kind of vibe. Uh, just like yeah, we're gonna just lean into yeah. Aliens come to Earth and have sex with humans. T for teen. Why not? Yeah, uh, very very much that. Uh, what would you call it? If you can believe it, sub Family Guy. Mm tone of of writing <laughs> and, and and it's it's bizarre because it like this game sold so much it outlived both its publisher and its studio mm-hmm. yeah that's well, crazy yeah. Pan- yeah, pandemic pandemic with us yeah. it's pandemic and thq oh wow and, and and pandemic oh man they they put out some bangers this and mercenaries just like mm-hmm. those are great games yeah well, I remember, you know, there's a certain amount of irony in when Mercenaries 2 came out, uh, you remember people in Venezuela protested against it. And, uh, you know, there, there were rumors like, oh, you're taking down the Chavez regime. Like, no, that's that's not what it is. But uh, I remember somebody posting from Venezuela on a message board saying like, well, how would you feel if there was a game about invading America and killing the president? It's like... Guess what? The same people <laughs> made that game. It's called Destroy All Humans. Yeah. Do you abduct Eisenhower? No, it's it's a fictional president, but like you kill him and then they put his brain into a robot and then the final boss fight of the game is against this giant president robot. Have you seen our movies? Do you know who Roland Emmerich is? We love to watch America get invaded and destroyed. <laughs> Absolutely. It's our greatest fantasy. We made Red Dawn twice. <laughs> <laughs> and also Homefront twice. Yes, which is <laughs> the video game of Red Dawn, basically. Yes, and and, and the other thing with Pandemic is, uh, so the legend goes, um, the person who pitched it was getting sick of making violent video games, and so he pitched this idea like, why don't we just make a game where you kill fucking everybody, and everybody else missed that that was a joke, and they said, yes, brilliant, <laughs> let's make it, and that became Destroy All Humans, and then the guy who pitched it uh, became that uh, dancing around the world guy who went viral in like oh the, shit where is Matt yeah where is Matt I'm right here where is Matt yeah Uh-oh. brought to you by Stride Gum that is that is fun to think about less fun kind of kind of glad Pandemic Studios is gone because that's not yeah. a great name right yeah. now yeah, no no, no. Really the, name, the name totally has a a new meaning a little spin on that I, if Even anyone was trying I, to be want, revitalized like to report, that report I have nowhere else to say it there was one day this week one day. Where I didn't think about COVID for 24 hours. Wow. I, like it ne- the thought ne- I didn't leave the house, but the thought never occurred to me. And like that hasn't happened in like three years. <laughs> never occurred to me. Congrats. I know. We're getting there. Right. Get that bivalent uh, mm-hmm. vax. It's delicious. Yep. Yep. All right. Well, let's <laughs> move on to number four. What the hell's happening? 
Uh, what is this? I know you got Fucking excited. Pray. pray. Yeah. The that opening was so good. Yeah, the best opening on a shooter that has aged kind of poorly <laughs> in a lot of ways. Um, well, yeah, I tried to play this a few years ago, and I think one of the big problems with it is that, speaking for myself, I've gotten really used to Call of Duty style controls for mm. for shooters. So when I click the left thumbstick and it zooms in my reticle, uh, I'm not used to that. Just oh. just little things like that. You're like click thumbstick to run. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, but it Prey did some really neat stuff. It it did. It and it it's. I think this sequence in general is so memorable because it's like this odd marriage where games can't quite make a Roland Emmerich mm-hmm. uh, Independence Day style sequence, but instead they can put you front and center, first person view, match yawning. Uh, yeah, yeah. In, into a localized well, piece of abduction, and it's fucking awesome. It is like, I hadn't really ever seen that before. It's like a world-ending abduction localized in this one bar while Blue Oyster Cult is playing, yeah. Yeah. and everyone around you is kind of slaughtered <laughs> and just totally fucked. Yeah, th- this is after you just, like, beat up some white dudes for coming... Like, it, you're the main character, Tommy... Uh, and the, the other main characters are Cherokee. They live on a reservation, and like I think some like white bikers came on the reservation to start some trouble and hit on his girlfriend. So he be- he beat them up with a, a wrench, and conveniently aliens showed up. So now there are no consequences. <laughs> <laughs> Who oh. would you beat up if uh, aliens came and there were no consequences? Everybody, I'd beat Ron up everybody. DeSantis. I mean, no, no, uh, no consequences except that uh, Grandpa gets butchered by gigantic machines. Hang on, I'll try to stop this thing. Go now. I shall await you in the land of the ancients. Oh my God! No! No! <laughs> Oh, you might have some allies on the alien ship, but man, we we played this. I, I want to say I wanted to say I didn't. I played this not too long ago, but I think it was for its tenth anniversary, mm. which is almost its twentieth anniversary. Uh, but if you play the three hundred and sixty version, it it's clear that like you know frame rate and resolution are capped. It didn't get any of those special upgrades because it's a really early three hundred and sixty game as well. Oh yeah, yeah, it, yeah, There's yeah. One... Predates uh, predates I think any. Call of Duty made for the platform. No, you were so, it, no there Call was, of Duty there was Two Duty debuted with it. Yeah. I, I, what was the big gimmick of the game? Was it portals or this? Was it the spirit? You did this go was, to the spirit this was portal, portals. right? Yeah, yeah. This was portals. Portals okay. before yeah. Portal. Well, that's the thing is like when when that Ratchet and Clank game was announced, I was like, oh, they're just doing the prey thing. Cool. Like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, but the the neat thing about it, the way that it handled portals, was like. You know, your portals could be of different sizes, so you could enter like a Tommy-sized portal, but then it came out on the other side as a tiny portal, and so now you're like a tiny version of yourself exploring the room that's all big with like big enemies, or you're inside of a globe that's encased in glass and you're running around on the surface of the globe and like yeah it did it did some really cool stuff play yeah. it on your android as you wait in line for ant-man quantum mania <laughs> <laughs> yeah and a lot of a lot of those ideas were because uh, this was done human head studios was the the one yeah. but they did this working with 3d realms i think 
So a lot of that was that same 3D Realms playfulness of Duke Nukem when they were right. trying some weird weapons. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. let's just throw whatever in there. Mm-hmm. Um, it's really good. That, uh, yeah. At least it was back in the day. Um, I, I admit I enjoy the new one, mm-hmm. also called Prey, mm-hmm. uh, which is actually more of an immersive sim game. Yeah, more like a yeah. Bioshock or something like that. Yes. Oh, it's definitely like... like that was made as a shock game. Yeah. yeah. And they just didn't have the name. I, I believe we we uh, reported a news story where the lead developers like, nobody wanted this game to be called Prey. They just thought it would be better than a new IP, but it didn't have anything to do with Prey. wasn't even spiritually reminiscent of Prey, other than the fact that it was like kind of... In spacey? It was just the well, space it was, theme, it was, right? It, it was... was making new kinds of weird first-person gameplay, which hmm. Prey deserve both those praises are some credit for. Yeah. And I, do you remember the original plan for Prey 2? Yeah. Yeah, I think I was I was in on some weirdo RFP where like, yeah, man, it's going to be like Blade Runner. We were like scouting locations to shoot stuff mm-hmm. based on the Prey 2 they had announced that would directly follow up this game. Um, be, and, uh, what's his name? Tommy as a... Uh... Bounty hunter? Not even Tommy. It's like yeah. somebody oh, who was like there. There's a part where you like see a you, a plane uh, crashing or something outside of a, a porthole, and like yeah, one of the people on that plane uh, gets zapped to another part of the galaxy and becomes an alien, like like a bounty hunter. And it's like oh, that's basically the plot of uh, High on Life, the problematic game we're not discussing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I think they like. As far as I remember, Tommy was going to be in the game somehow. You just weren't playing as him. Mm-hmm. Uh, also, one of the reasons we're not discussing High on Life is you're not abducted in that game. You fly away in your own house, That's, but everyone to else escape is the aliens, and you're you're trying to save not really. The they're just they're just smoked. Consumed. The only thing that game I, I you know it is a novel approach. Like what are they using humans for? They smoke them to get high. Yeah. Like, well, that's... I mean, you you do rescue a lot of humans in that game. Sure. Yeah. That's true. Well, it Jesus is a clever name. Uncancelled yeah. Justin Lundin. Yeah. <laughs> no. Come on back. No. Come on. Uh, Don't worry. He had not nothing to, to do with that game. <laughs> or very little from everything yeah, I'm just, hearing just now. just it. Um, anyway, uh, Prey did, yeah, did a lot of really cool things. Um, yeah, I think the other reason it's aged a little poorly is because, like, the whole, you know, magical Native American, like, oh, go to the land of the ancestors and yeah. have the spirit journey and summon the, the fiery hawk to follow you around and attack your enemies. Is but is that of... a bad stereotype? Like, do you think they mine that one? Like, yeah, I, no, I, yeah, you know, yeah. I, I think they had, like, cultural consultants for that one. I was actually. about to say, because the, the at least Tommy's voice actor I know is Native American. Wow. That's, that's true. That's would true. not have expected like, that. Actually, like, surprisingly. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, Actually, I think he might be Native Canadian. One of the two. He's indigenous. Same thing. Um, Yes. um, And I think maybe his grandfather, I think it was his grandfather, was the other character who Mm -hmm. is also. I don't know if they had any consulting beyond that, but it's surprising that they did at all. Yeah. Yeah. It was was rare for the time. (laughs) Yeah, nobody was asking. There was not a big group of people asking for that to happen, unlike nowadays. Mm. Yeah. it's interesting when somebody does the right thing when they're not asked to <laughs> in, yeah. in the past, <laughs> uh, when it's not demanded of them. Yeah, at the time, yeah, I think cultural sensitivity was just like, well, go to the library and make sure that you know, just read a couple books, make sure you're getting it right. As right. far as I remember it, the cultural sensitivity was 
white people want to write about more games. Mm. Just make them. Mm-hmm. Just <laughs> hurry up. <laughs> hurry up. Nolan North can voice everybody. Yeah. He well, can play Alfred Woodard. One thing that they did uh, really spring for authenticity on was the person who's telling you what is happening outside of your own uh, character's experiences. What, can you tell me what they look like, exactly what they look like? Can you tell me about them? There come a blue, blinking one, blue girl five, green one, a forward, and some red. Oh, my God! One, one, one of them is still kind of a spaceship. It's hovering right over me. It's huge. That sounds exactly like the reports we got from Oklahoma. Do you have a camera with you? Yeah, oh man, that bright green light just came up. George, George, are you there? We we apparently just lost George. Well, that's that's Art Bell. Is that the Art Bell? The Art Bell. They hired him for this to uh, ha- have he a He sounds big way more show. enthusiastic than he ever did on his show. <laughs> like on his show, most of the time he, you could just tell he was humoring the people calling in. Same with George Norrie, the guy who kind of like took over for him, but... Yeah. Uh, I used to listen to a ton of Art Bell when I was, like, in my early 20s because, like, what else am I going to do between 3 a.m. and 4 a.m.? Dude, I only found that show when, like, driving somewhere cross state late at night randomly and it was it's like the perfect station to find were you driving west of the rockies uh, <laughs> one time yes i was driving to california from florida uh, a great time to pick up something like that a guy who took everybody's story seriously or not seriously depending on he he he, he very rarely had judgments. He just kind of yeah. let he let let them tell their story. Yeah, well, that's yeah. why I'm people listening. tune in. You want to hear scary stories about UFOs? Yes, I do. Hmm. Uh, speaking of which, number three. Well, here's a very unscary story. Ladies and gentlemen, this is not a time for fear, but a time for celebration. Today, the best and brightest among you will find salvation within the Zin Empire. Delightful. Kitty, no! Protect the president! I do love your spirit, my dear. I'm Zinyak. Pleasure to meet you. Would you like to join me for a ride? Uh, we've probably talked about Zinyak more on this show than any other topic. What is this? This is one of the rows of saints. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. The, the Saints Quattro. Row four. The four. Yes. Yeah. Saints Row 4. Where it, where it fully, I wouldn't say jumped the shark. Mm. Uh, but More there like was, no, there was the nowhere else to go after. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I was going to say, there's, that's probably in that game somewhere. There's yeah. someone jumping a shark. Jumped the shark, ate it, married it. Yeah. <laughs> and it was, and I, I love the saga of Saints Row because I've, you know, I've, I've never finished this game, but I fired it up on like eight different platforms, played a little bit of it, and like, yeah, where do you go from this kind of batshittery? Like, how do you top whatever this is other than go back and try and start anew? And I think that we were talking about the new Saints Row earlier. It's just like, it, what, they didn't have a way to reinvent the gameplay. They just had to reset where the story was. Because you can't mm-hmm. start out with the main character as president being abducted by aliens. No. Nope. You can only pull that off once. <laughs> Yeah, with a with a fart gun and Nolan mm-hmm. North voice and, and superpowers like you could super yeah. speed and like leap through the sky. It yeah. was it was wild. It was basically Crackdown, but Saints Row with 
weird like <laughs> every mission was like a sim that would take away your powers for some reason but uh yeah like i think you were alluding to earlier mike with uh the the opening scene where it's like you're in a 50 sitcom and you're just sort of marching around all happy like well what a glorious morning <laughs> oh yes that was a ton of fun mm-hmm. uh uh but I, 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 I like I, I see. I feel like a lot of people played Saints Row Four that the way Chris was talking, where they played it. And I don't know. Like I beat it, but that's because I was reviewing it. Mm-hmm. I don't think anyone who didn't have to be have to review it mm. ever beat that game. It's one of those games you're like, this is fun, but probably like a third of the way through yeah. you're like okay i'm done yeah not not this yeah not for very long it's not yeah it's, and i want to it's, say, the irony of you saying that mike is when i fire up steam and look at two of my saints row games in my library it's they still somehow say saints row review because it was <laughs> code wow i somehow wow. finagled and didn't do yeah this this was when i, th- I think i might have reviewed it once or twice too like for oxm and then like the uh the remaster for IGN actually. And it, it it is one of those where it's just like, yeah, if I'm looking at it now, is this a game that I'd play through organically? I don't know, but it was absolutely unforgettable just because the story hit all these weird batshit highs. Why do you humans enjoy leaping so much? Get off my lawn, you son of a bitch. Like the whole, that is the, the game's whole tone in a nutshell. Yeah, it's it, it's it's very weird because we, I think um, at least Michael and I were impressed during that period, and that it's like this period of where games have to be epic, tongue in cheek, mm-hmm. and now we're kind of like striving for some kind of authenticity, either in store in story, character, or portrayal. And in this, there's not really a place for Saints Row, this kind of Saints Row anymore. And I can see why they went tried to reset it, even though yeah. There wasn't well, much of a justification. There was literally nowhere else to go because, uh, mild spoilers, this happens. Voicemail? You want me to leave a message? It's all gone. Well, I'd say this was a productive day. You're a fucking monster. Oh, don't act surprised. I told you this would happen. You killed seven billion people. Whoops. Yeah. Uh, a few <laughs> hours into the game, Zyniac blows up Earth. So if you're not familiar with it, the, the plot of Saints Row 4 is you, a former leader of a street gang, become president of the United States because you kill some terrorists. And I, I swear that's where Fast and the Furious is going. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> so you, you start out as president and uh, aliens invade. And their leader is this effete, like, nine-foot-tall emperor named Zinyak. He personally beats you up and then abducts you and all your friends and puts you in Matrix-style simulations that you have to break out of one by one. And uh, and then it becomes like a Mass Effect parody where you're on the, the deck of this ship and you have to go rescue your friends. But once your friends are rescued, you can have sex with them at any time just by asking... <laughs> Um, doesn't matter who it is or what your your own gender identity is. It does. You can't have sex with Keith David. That's true. That's true. God He's the only it. one. He's got oh. I was like, I know you want to, but I don't. Uh. <laughs> Candied cigarettes. <laughs> Favorite Keith David line. Mm. <laughs> and Zinyak is a, a horrible villain. He ruins basically everything he touches, including poor Bismarcky. 
But you said he's just a friend. Oh, oh baby, baby. you. Uh, you let's be honest which one of us hasn't done that to that song like taking a little serious opera scope it's just this is begging you to do it that song is meant to be sung by anyone any way you would like that's it's, true it's so, it's so great yeah pretty much but yeah that actor is uh jb blanc role of a lifetime as zinyak uh it, it's just it's such a fun character it's one of the most fun villains of his of his generation um and yeah, Saints Row Four is a pretty fun game, <laughs> despite us saying like, oh, I don't know if I'd finish it, but yeah, it's it's great. It's, no, I've it's always had a good, good. It good suffers time from that problem. Open world games have though, like yeah. there's just so much of it. It's like yeah, and it's very repetitive. It's hard to know? get invested in the same yeah. way. Let's say uh, uh just a Netflix <laughs> cartoon comedy. Hmm. Here are twelve hours of this thing in one shot, like. This better be really funny if I'm going to watch all this in a row. It just isn't. Most of those shows aren't very compelling on a binge-worthy level. And in I a row, Saints huh? Row really was either. Yeah. In a row, I see. In a row, well, in the Saints Row. <laughs> oh, oh! I thought you were going for Clark's reference. Yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah. The, yeah the, well, another weird thing about it is that like you spend all this time building up all these superpowers and unlocking them, and it, you know, again, it's very like Crackdown, where you're jumping around, gathering orbs, mm-hmm. and powering yourself up. And then uh, those only those powers only work in the open world. Yeah. And once you go into missions, once you go into the quote unquote real world, you lose your powers, and you just have to play by the rules of whatever, you know, milieu you're currently in. Like, there's one that's like, it's it's a side scrolling like a belt scrolling brawler, and your your character becomes all pixelated, and you can't really do anything but melee attacks for a while. Stuff like yeah, I think that. that's honestly where they lost a lot of people is like when you play an open world game, you just sort of want to stay on that open world map and they you got to give them credit for trying those missions and, and each being like this little bespoke world. But that's that's sort of where I fell off the game it's like, I don't want to do another one of those. Just let me be hmm. super powerful in this big, huge city, please. Yeah. But we want to talk about more personal alien abduction scenarios oh, that you have to take a little bit seriously. Uh, we should talk about number two. I finished this game like five times, and I still have no idea if the the aliens are supposed to be singing right there. <laughs> yeah, it's it sounded like it sounded like Night at Bald, <laughs> Bald Mountain mm-hmm. with the Rugrats having sex in the background. <laughs> <laughs> what the fuck was that? So this is Beyond Good and Evil. Oh right, oh. and at the beginning of the game, uh, yeah, playing as Jade, a photographer slash journalist slash lighthouse caretaker slash. Uh, orphanage caretaker. Your little bucolic area is attacked by these alien parasites called the Doms, and you have a 
force field that's supposed to turn on and protect you. But guess what? You didn't pay the power company enough. Now they're going to shut off your power at a crucial moment because capitalism. And And this is one of the few where the abduction happens from one alien planet to Mm. another. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. (laughs) (laughs) It. Yeah, it goes. Uh, the The planet being abducted from is Hillis, and the Doms are aliens that hang out. I think on Hillis's moon, they, they they have a base there, and they launch attacks every fourteen hours and kidnap people in these what appear to be living coffins. So that all that screaming was the orphanets, uh, the orphanets, the the orphans that uh, Jade is carrying. The for. orphanots, mm-hmm. orphanots. <laughs> I wanted to say orphan and orphanage, and it went to orphanate. Uh, I don't know. The orphans are being carried off, sealed in these living coffins, and you have to beat them up to save the kids. But that's not the end of it, because, again, this is happening every 14 hours. People are being kidnapped constantly. And so, as Jade, you, you do what anyone would do, and... You join a secret underground newspaper to expose what's really going on uh, and where the aliens are coming from and who, if anyone, they're in cahoots with. And and they, why every 14? Honestly, 14. Who came up with that? You know? I, I don't know. It, no, I was saying that's one of the things you get to the bottom of as a reporter is like, you know, yes, I, I would want to know. Yeah, yeah, you want to know, inquiring minds, etc. But as you're told early on, this is a mild spoiler, uh, someone that your planet is close to might have ulterior motives. A Dom's bomb has exploded in the canal. Obviously, the Alpha sections have sealed off the sector. They've embarked everyone there. To take care of them, right? No hospital has received any victims, Jade. You could help us to save these people, Jade. Nino, give us a brief on the situation. Here's what we know. The victims are kidnapped by Alpha Section agents. They are then taken to the Neutropils factory. Shuttles are then used to take them to the old slaughterhouses. And from there, they are loaded into military cruisers headed for the moon. Alpha Sections, but those are the people who are supposed to be protecting us and have a 24-7... I'd like to think I'd live in the Alpha Section. Yeah, propaganda broadcasts. <laughs> this game is fucking great. Yeah, This it, is one of the best games of all time. This is fucking great. 2003, it makes more sense if you were old enough to have been an adult in that time and understand what was going on in the world around you because, like, this fits in well with, like, G.W. Bush era paranoia post-9-11, like, first casualty of war is the truth, we're going to war and we know we're being lied to and uh, someone needs to uncover this and pull the curtains off of this whole operation. But if you do that... You're a traitor and you hate America. How dare you even question whether or not our troops are dying on a goddamn lie? So the the idea of, like, yes, authority figures are lying to you. There's a war going on that you're not being told the full story about. And only journalism can help save the day. And I think that might be the most enduring fantasy of all for, for someone like me. <laughs> Jade. Your last report from the factory had a large impact on the population. The Hillians have spontaneously shown their support. Ah, remember when that could still mean something? (laughs) I I think recent journalism has revealed the holes in this premise, which is like... Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, no, journalism is there for the clicks and the mm-hmm. uh, the ad dollars, and no, well, journalism's not going to save even, us. Even know? when journalism does dig into something like this, people will just say, like, oh, that's that's just deep fakes of the alpha True. sections. The DOMs don't mm-hmm. really exist. True. Uh, they've never attacked me. Uh, I think uh, Beyond Good and Evil is from a time before comment sections. Yeah, which <laughs> it if, actually <laughs> kind of was. Yeah, if you, if you If you've ever read about that, I think Popular Science did a study on that, like, they would even like put plants in the comment section and like just someone saying, nah, I heard the opposite. And like, this was written by a scientist. Uh, your avatar picture is Naruto, <laughs> but just, just it being there will shed doubt and create arguments. <laughs> and, uh, that's all it takes. It's yeah. all it takes is someone saying, nah, that's yeah. not what I heard. And it all Source began please. with someone saying, sign my guest book. Yes. <laughs> right. And a counter. Got to add to the yeah. counter on my website. Got to. Yeah. And now everybody's complaining about those on Twitter. Why does every tweet have a counter? Because Papa demands it, man. Mm-hmm. <laughs> anyway, it was a really cool artifact of its time. And it, it's it's still enormously fun to go back and play. And it has... Yeah. One of the best text entry systems I have Thank ever you. seen on a console. I cannot believe it hasn't been replicated. I, it has to be like trademarked or something like that. Yeah, or the spiral it's, is so good. Uh, uh, yeah, spiral of letters, and it's just like super quick and easy to select yeah. them, but just by spinning the stick. Anyway, uh, but yeah, let's wrap this up with. Solid copy, Big Sky. Strike one is cleared to engage. Enemy spotted. Kind of unmistakably gross alien noises. What is this? I have no clue. I just this heard is... overconfident military people who are about to get killed, right? Mm-hmm. Like, that is that got to be what happens next there. Yeah. Well, I mean, they're overconfident because when they're looking at all the data coming in, they have a 95% chance to hit. So they think they're going to. <laughs> oh, this but... is XCOM? This is XCOM. <laughs> Yes, in my game it's ninety nine percent, and I'm, I, for some reason I keep getting that one percent chance just just hitting. You know, it's, yeah, ninety nine percent is really zero percent. Yeah, that's the lesson of XCOM. Never be sure of anything. The numbers are a lie. Mm. This is the series I have to call out. So that Ubisoft has created a replacement franchise for me. Like, I don't think I ever need to play another XCOM because Mario plus rabbits exists. <laughs> it's a much friendlier and more dynamic version of this game. Yeah. <laughs> but I enjoyed it while it lasted. But yeah, I'm good now with, with these tactical hey. games. Uh, hey. I, I felt the same way about Final Fantasy when Super Mario RPG came along. Thank oh, you. Okay. But I'm good now. <laughs> yeah. The, the, the trick with XCOM is the suffering. Like, you have to go into XCOM. It's that same, the people that really like it, like myself. Mm. Do you go or Iron like Man? Crusa- or like, yeah, Crusader Kings people, like, you know, you go in. Yeah. And so you do like you the Fire suffer. Emblem hard mode, Iron Man mode, where like if a, if a unit dies, they're dead. They're not they're returning gone. for the next mission. Oh. Yeah. Even though I don't do that in Fire Emblem. No. Mm. No. No. Yeah. 
it's just uh, brutal because you spend so much time leveling them up. Like it really does affect the end of your campaign at that point. It's like, why would you do that to yourself unless you're safe scumming? Which, uh, yeah, yeah. No, it's it's, it's a lot. Um, XCOM, XCOM, the original one, the reboot, they're all great. Uh, yeah. And this was actually the the tangent I was going to go on. Which was the Bureau XCOM Declassified. Oh, gosh. Yeah. Oh, Which was a tactical third-person shooter that wow. didn't quite work. But no. it took place in, like, the early 60s. Yeah. With the full fedora. And... I, I think it got, like, a PC Gamer and an OXM cover. The time. This is supposed to be huge. The return of this major franchise. Yep. Well, that that was the, the funny thing. That that was revealed first. And everybody went fucking ballistic because this isn't what XCOM is supposed to be. And it was part of a trend of, like, old strategy-ish games getting rebooted as FPSs. It happened to Fallout. Yeah, with Fallout, with Syndicate. And it was like, yeah, XCOM's going to be a a shooter now. And people were like, fuck no! And then, like, I think a month later, they revealed XCOM, like, the reboot, this, you know turn-based strategy tactics and people were you know calmed down and then the bureau disappeared for a while and then like i think it came out a couple years later like yeah it came out like like one or two years after Mm -hmm. xcom enemy unknown came out enemy Um, unknown was a great expansion mm-hmm. well that was the expansion to the to xcom right that was the uh, no that was no, that was just the, the first one that was the name of the, the yeah, enemy unknown enemy within within was the, that was yeah. the expansion that yeah. was cool yeah. but yeah and i also remember like xcom was like the wonder game because like that was one of the first real console games to get ported to like ipad ios and yes like i can play this portable that's amazing yeah i'll never forget. i was at e3 with uh and my boss came back and we were doing like a podcast wrap up and he's like I'm, I just saw it I'm really excited but my game of the entire show is at XCOM Enemy Unknown the, fir- the, the yeah. first reboot and it's like more so than the first person shooter like yes what does it do different like it doesn't it's like what XCOM's supposed to be it's so seemingly simple with some ad- he's like I can't tell you what what I love that it's doing differently, but it was amazing. He, he, he felt bad for saying, like, this is my game of E3, a throwback. And um, I just remember how excited he was. Mm. And, and, I, and you know, I don't know the brand at all. And by the time that game came out, like, it was one of the first things people were guilting me to play all the time. I, or when we were doing podcasts, they would be like, ah, I put you in my squad and you died first. Like, thanks. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> It's, yeah, that's that was the thing. Like when you're dealing with a franchise, like every every franchise has to steer itself, and you gotta after a while of treading water, you gotta try something new. Those don't always work, but then after you do something new, you get to go back to basics, and yeah, everyone man. like back to basics doesn't work unless you have gone way off. Oh, original yeah, yeah, yeah. You gotta have a redemption. You say, that, you, yeah, you say yeah. that as a person who writes about Final Fantasy, though. Well, yeah, Final Fantasy it. 14 has a redemption arc story, so maybe that's totally. Where it's yeah, that's true. And yeah, it has yeah. Bradley Default and Octopath Traveler and all this other stuff that they don't call Final Fantasy. Right, and that's that's how they do. It. But like, like there are other games that, like you know, hey, you get like one or two three entries where it's like we're yeah. gonna try something new and this is franchise is different now and then I, you go back and do 
the back to basics whereas if you had done that before like before the ones that you go off wow no I one think, would have liked it no i think one mike just it. obligated himself to another top five back to basics games because now <laughs> yeah, i'm thinking yeah. of ooh, a ooh, ton a, a ton of them you're right dude like I, I i i'm coming up with a bunch in my mind right now right but if you had, if you'd released those like before the other the weird ones yes they yeah. wouldn't have worked they wouldn't have context. Mm-hmm. I like it. And then you can try a spinoff that works. And turns out all XCOM ever needed was like snarky chatter from your teammates because Chimera Squad is a spinoff that yeah. totally works. Well, I was going to say this series went through such a weird narrative arc. So you have the first game, which is aliens are invading, but they're doing it in a really small way. They're like just doing little little feints and jabs like we're going to land a, a spaceship here and abduct a bunch of people and so a lot of the game is just like going to these abduction sites and trying to rescue people put down progressively scarier aliens and uh but then uh XCOM 2 is like what if during I think I think it was specifically supposed to be like uh, canonically, during the base invasion, when the the aliens come and discover and invade your base, they take you prisoner, you the the, the player, and you get like put on ice for twenty years, and Earth falls and becomes an alien colony, basically, and uh, so you get rescued, and then so you win that war, I guess the the insurgency, and then Chimera Squad is like, well, aliens and humans are getting along now, and so here's a hybrid police unit in a city populated by humans and aliens. It basically follows the arc of V, let's be honest. Like, <laughs> yes. Kind of, yeah. <laughs> yes. Uh, uh, sure. Uh, that, that is true. That, yeah, that good, is good exactly comparison. what happens. Mm-hmm. Uh, XCOM 1 is the, the we're, we're in the fight. Yeah. XCOM 2 is guerrilla missions, and then Chimera Squad is like very low key. Like it's a, I, I think probably it did as well as it did because it was so quick. Yeah. It's a very quick game, and it's also more personality driven. Like you, you, you don't have a bunch of anonymous operatives who die. You have like a specific group of officers, which leads to their their. Firaxis's latest game, which is Midnight Suns, which is the Marvel right. game, which oh, is gosh. all personalities and dating. And mm. I, was, uh, I wouldn't know because my friend never sent me a copy. I was just about to ask, like, hey, it's been a while since the XCOM, and I totally forgot they did Midnight Suns, and that's why there hasn't been XCOM in forever. Mm-hmm. Yep, yep, that, that's pretty much it. The, the XCOM team has been working on, on Midnight Suns. Uh, maybe there's an XCOM after that. Maybe there's more Midnight Suns. I, mm, I doubt there's more Midnight Suns. <laughs> like, there's nothing very wrong with Midnight Suns. It's just, I don't know. It's not XCOM. I'll say I that. like people yeah. calling it like it's more of a Marvel friendship simulator than it yeah. is an XCOM game. <laughs> it, it's yeah. straight. The, the, the battle arena thing is so weird. Like, yeah, no, you know, instead of XCOM where you have to, like, methodically move across a map so you don't get hit and stuff like that. Midnight Suns is like, no, 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 we're just putting you in the same, like, oval. Uh, and mm. you just have to use your character attacks to to kill these yeah. guys also in the oval with you. Yeah, there's no movement, really. But, no. uh, yeah, well, I, I also want to say in the first XCOM, uh, the aliens aren't the only ones doing the abducting, and it's always fun to be reminded just how much of an influence alien autopsy factor fiction had on pop culture and uh, representations of aliens because 
We've made a number of interesting discoveries based on the autopsy results of the alien specimen you brought back. The research team is now referring to this particular variation as a sectoid, based on the unusual structure of its internal organs, which we believe to be the product of genetic manipulation. As we've seen in the field, this species also seems to harbor some sort of telepathic ability. You can dissect dead aliens, you can interrogate live ones. It's all part of your research. Dude. I I didn't know the Fox alien autopsy thing was fake. You didn't? Until <laughs> Mulder told me on X-Files. <laughs> I, I, I had a feeling I shouldn't get excited about mm -hmm. it, but I watched it every time it aired. And it wasn't until an episode of X-Files when Mulder's like, you know, something stupid and fake, like that alien autopsy thing. I'm like, mm -hmm. this is like... X-Files Simpsons moments just poking the eye of their network. <laughs> it's awesome. Yeah. You could totally tell the alien was alive the whole time. I mean, it was like winking and smiling and, you know. No, I'm just making that up. Oh. Uh, anyway. <laughs> I watched it so much. I would love to watch I it again now that I think it. about it. I was too yeah. busy watching Secrets of Pro Wrestling and Magicians, the other, mm -hmm. like, Fox programs oh, they were yeah. airing at that time. Fuck that guy. What was his name? Oh, smacking John Stossel around. No, David Schultz rules. Dr. Death. The other David guy. Schultz, yeah. Or Dr. Uh, D. Dr. D. Yeah. All right. What's our question of the week? Uh, we're getting ahead of ourselves. Yeah, uh, I know, but I want to ask you guys about real UFO sightings and alien abductions. Oh, well, let's make that the uh, the question of the week then. Okay, good. I have no stories about that. I don't that. either, but <laughs> I, I love hearing even third-person ones. I love hearing them. All right. Well, um... On that note, that's that's been our top five uh, games about alien abduction. Hope you enjoyed it. Uh, we're going to take a little break, and when we come back, we're going to talk about some news, some a bunch of new releases. Holy shit! Have you seen this list of new releases? It's it's astounding. We're going to be doing that for a while, plus a bunch of other stuff. In the meantime, we're going to go out on Little Green Men by Haunted Garage. So stay tuned. Let's get scratching. Would you like exclusive bonus podcast commentaries and more from the Laser Time crew? Then we strongly encourage you to support this show on patreon.com slash laser time. It supports not only this show, but all the rest of the Laser Time Network. You'll get commentaries, play games with the hosts, see exclusive videos first, and receive an uncut weekly ad-free podcast bonus time. Speaking of which, here's a quick taste. 1978, they're shooting Superman 1 and Superman 2 back-to-back. Yes. -back. I'm kind of becoming comic-obsessed in the early to mid-80s. I think Superman 3 is on the verge of coming to video, but basically I could just rent the first two over and over again. So I watch those over and over and over again. And to me, they they warm my heart. And by the time the Donner cut came out in, what are we talking, 06? Oh, 06, I think, yeah. To coincide. Like, I watched it and, like, you know, I read this is technically better. I was a little kid. I didn't know what happened. I didn't want this version. It. I felt nothing when I saw it because, like, this is just not the nostalgic version I have for Superman. And Steve has an, an experience I'd like to talk about. It's hard to call any of these movies good because they're all bad and pee in the eye of Superman and, and everything you know about <laughs> okay, them. Okay. 
Get Bonus Time, a weekly uncensored and commercial-free podcast every Tuesday, starting for just $5 on Patreon.com slash LazerTime. And welcome back to our second segment where we're just going to dive headlong straight into that morass of insanity that is. Make it sound more good or in post, Matt. Uh, okay. More ass twin sanity, my yeah. favorite Crash Bandicoot game. <laughs> Morass twin sanity. Uh, um, what, what's the sound you want me to play, Chris? Oh, I'll get to it. Okay, all right. Well, we got Returnal uh, on PC finally. Oh, um, okay. I would have thought that was already out, just because I, I guess I'm remember, more remembering the announcement. But uh, oh yeah, well I mean it's it's been out on PS5 since what? Yeah, it was, it was launchy for. Uh, PS5's launch two years ago. Mm-hmm. I'm just caught in a Returnal time loop. That's all it is. It's yeah, there you go. Yeah. There you yeah. go. But Returnal is one of my favorite PS5. It's It might be my favorite PS5 exclusive. Hmm. Personally. Not not you yeah, guys. Yeah. I know we don't agree I, on well, this. No, I, I remember that. That was one. I don't know if Matt played it. I played it, but it didn't really click with me. And then you didn't play it till like the next year yeah, because you'd sold year. your PS5. Mm-hmm. And you were like, this is amazing. Why wasn't this game of the year? Yeah. I played it. I got to, I remember getting to World 2 and getting pretty far into World 2 and then being like, I hate this structure. Like, I just yeah. want to play through the rest of the story. I fucking hate this I roguelike structure. I do sort game. of hate the structure because there is no way to basically warp to a new area you've been in because you still need to fortify yourself or whatever that area is. So you kind mm-hmm. of have to play through the whole game every time. It's not like a typical roguelike, but it's yeah. fucking butter smooth and beautiful and i have not played the co-op yet i don't know if that comes standard in the uh pc version but that was only released less than a year ago on the ps5 version um after like a year year and change and i've been dying to play that with someone uh with a buddy of mine and we just haven't gotten around to it but uh, i remember liking the fact that they squeezed they squeezed housemark uh, bullet hell mechanics into this third person uh roguelike game where like as people are shooting at you, there are these like slow moving bullets coming across the screen, and it's it's just kind of about it's, positioning yourself in that environment. Like the combat was was decently. Yeah, fun. There, I, I, I swear. Like I, I may have been fucking around for too long, but it took me like multiple hours to unlock the melee sword. Which, if you don't play until that happens, you're not going to understand the game. Because otherwise, you're just trying to shoot things who are shooting slowly at you, and you're jumping over slow moving bullets. No, you want to zip to them as fast as you can, knock them over, and slap them with the sword. Yeah. And re- it moves so fucking fast. It's like one of the, like, as far as PS5 exclusives go, like, the reason we have great frame rate and solid state load times, this is why. It moves so fucking fast. But it, it is, diff- I, I did hit a wall with it. It's, like, difficult to replay. Uh, you can, because you can go to this area and zip right to level four. I'm like, but I'm a newborn. Underpowered. Yeah, I'm yeah. a newborn. Yeah. I, I don't have any powers. I can't do anything here because I lost everything. This doesn't work. Uh, yeah, I never found a way around that. And um, I, I love, but I love the game. I had, I played it probably for about 50 hours. Eternal, solid recommend for me. Okay. All right. Well, it's out on PS5. Or, sorry, it's out on PC. Um, also out on PC and various other platforms is Wanted Dead. And I want to say, I never thought that the words spiritual successor to Devil's Third were what? words that I would ever say <laughs> on this show 
But that's exactly what this is. We should have had Greg Moron because I love I love I did never heard Moron in his name until I just said that. Um, <laughs> love you, Greg. Hope he's not listening. Yeah. Uh, Greg Moore or Steve Guntley. But but be... like I heard the developer describe this. He's, it's a love. He's like it's a love letter to the sixth generation of consoles. And I had to go look that fucking up. <laughs> like what are you mm-hmm. talking about? PS2. Yeah, PS2. But GameCube. Uh, PS2 and GameCube specifically. Mm-hmm. Like. Uh, it it might look a little janky, but it's trying to offer you super fast, old school jank combat. Yeah, well, it like I I I thought of like this is like a PS2 game playing it. Like obviously it looks much better, but uh, just the the way that the very first level is laid out. Um, is just very like, okay, this is an office building, but then there's just like strategic piles of furniture barricading to create a very linear Uh, path through this level. And it's like, yeah, this is, this is very PS2 era level design, but something that this does, like this has a really interesting approach to combat. It is trying to have it always, um, you can play this like a cover shooter. You you can grab like a couple of long guns and like stick use sticky cover, uh, pop out, shoot at enemies, uh, whatever. Or you can uh, play like a real fucking gamer and sprint around cover and slash at enemies with your sword. And you also have a pistol that you can use in conjunction with the sword. And it's it's like part of your combos, like shoot slash slash shoot shoot and. Uh, it's also instrumental when an enemy does an unblockable move. You can shoot them to to stop it and knock them off balance. And then you can do like a finisher. And uh, yeah, what I played, it's like, yeah, this is kind of janky and a little crude. And your teammates are just constantly spouting inappropriate lines that are strangely acted and bizarrely written <laughs> and have nothing to do with anything. And then they just sort of like... You get into a combat situation, and they'll just sort of run around in the open, spraying in all directions while you're the enemies are doing the same. Uh, any so, examples on those di- that dialogue, Michael? Not off the top of my head. And not that you'll it, say on a with your voice on a podcast. No, well, I mean it's it's nothing inappropriate. Oh, okay. I just don't remember it. Uh, no, no. When I say inappropriate, I just mean to the situation. Oh, okay. Like uh, I, I I don't know. Like talking about like. Blam, and then the guy's head totally exploded. No, you're making that up. That's a lie. Like, why are you talking about this now? (laughs) We're not even, like, we're between combat bits. It's how Americans would talk in a real war situation. Of course, of course. But the uh, the main character is a woman named Stone. And when I say spiritual successor to Devil's Third, she begins the story in a prison cell, like maximum security. And then the robot voice warden comes up and it's like, good news. I've secured, we might have a way to get you out of here. And she's like, who's the, who's on the team? Like, excuse me. Like, oh, well, you know, I'm in maximum security prison, a life sentence with no parole. I'm sure, you know, I'm going to have to pull a trigger for freedom or something. So I, yeah, I'm, I'm on board. What's the job? What's the team? So, I, yes. I, I'm sure if I remember Devil's Third, that would be a hilarious anecdote. In the beginning no of Devil's, Devil's Third, Third. He, the main character lives in a uh, a secret prison cell underneath Alcatraz, I think, where he has a drum set and like big screen TVs and Put a bunch of cool shit. Put that bitch underneath Traz. That's what I would say mm-hmm. if I was a warden yeah. in 1971. Yeah. <laughs> 
But yeah, it's uh, it's silly and it's very fast. I, I thought a little bit about Vanquish because, like, oh, I noticed this is getting getting kind of middling reviews, and I have to wonder if, like, with Vanquish, how many of these reviewers are playing it like a cover shooter instead of just doing the batshit cool thing and running straight at straight into the bullets to melee your enemies to death. Yeah, man. Can you slide on your knees for 50 yards? That's the question. Uh, not yet. If you can, yeah, I no haven't unlocked that. It's yeah. no vanquish, my friend. That's true. That's what true. is this Benoit Blanc uh, adventure, the Telltale game? That's so, so you're a game coming out on PC and Switch. <laughs> I see what you're doing, man. Oh, it's just called Blanc. Never mind. Yeah. Oh, Benoit no, it's Blanc, just yeah. stupid. I'm sorry. I'm not shitting on, on the game Blanc. I just love that line from you're Glass Onion. You're telling me that uh, a wolf cub and, uh, and a deer can be friends in a snowy landscape. I just don't buy it. Uh, only only somebody so British could be so outlandishly Southern <laughs> exactly. in 2023. Yeah. That movie rules. Yeah. Uh, so Blanc, yes, it's the story of a cute wolf cub and a cute fawn who are uh, separated from their respective packs in, in, a, in heavy snow. And so they start off as antagonists, but have to eventually just warm up to each other and start working together. It's basically, if you've played Brothers, A Tale of Two Sons, yes. it controls just like that. Uh, one, uh, like the wolf is on the left analog stick with the, the left uh, shoulder buttons. The deer is on the, style. Yeah, on the right <laughs> analog stick with the right shoulder buttons. You can swap those. You can uh, have, if you want to play it two-player, you can put it, map it to two controllers. So... Uh, yeah, and it's it's very cute. It's it's just pure black and white, no shades of gray really or anything. Um, well, Much like the moral lessons it's trying to teach. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's it's just a, a cute little adventure. But uh, at least what I've played, I, apparently it's fairly short, like around four hours. It's developed by Gearbox, which oh, is weird. Okay. So weird. But um, you know, good for them. Try to at least they're putting out games. If the Fox and the Hound was too early to get a video game, I'm just glad it has this now because that's basically the same story. Yeah, Houndo. Yeah. Uh, So that's pretty neat. Best of friends. Yeah, the Settlers' new allies. uh, Full disclosure: I work for Ubisoft, and that is coming out from Ubisoft. So this is the. I I guess it's it's not really a reboot of. the Settler series, but it is a return to the series after a 13-year absence. I think wow. the, the Settler 7 wow. was in, uh, in 2010. Hey, um, man, don't undersell the Settlers online. I worked on that game. That's, oh, that well, was that, that is for true, several but, years. Well, okay, uh, the, the first uh, mainline entry in the Settlers. Okay. There was a, they did, like, the remake for their anniversary a few years ago, didn't they? They had, like, a... Yeah, yeah, I think so. Re-release of the original. Anyway, Settlers, if you've never played a Settlers game, is like... Nope. Think of the most German game you can think of. (laughs) Double it. (laughs) Double it. Why would anybody be against the people who are clearly the best? It's a a strategy game that doesn't revolve around fighting. It literally is like... It's an efficiency simulator of like, okay, you need to plant your wheat field here because that's Mm. closer to create a trade route... So you can unlock this. This L3 you know. was not at the right angle. This one totally revolves around fighting, though. Oh, I, I will say that um, there there is uh, efficiency and economy does play heavily into it. I wrote uh, an article for news.ubisoft.com actually about uh, the carriers and how those work. One thing it does that I think is really interesting is uh, in most 
RTSs, like, you know, you, you go and you recruit a worker and then, you know, you send that worker like, okay, you go over here and you harvest wood and I'll create another worker and you go over here and you mine gold, whatever. Here, your entire population is represented on screen at all times. So if you have like a hundred people, there'll be like a hundred little guys milling around mm. and they will just automated they they run on autopilot and they will like okay you've got this harvesting operation they'll run and grab stuff from it and take it to your warehouse automatically um they they are constantly in action and when like if you build something it's like this needs two people to work it you'll lose two carriers they will they will go yeah. and work at this place instead you want to recruit a soldier one of your carriers becomes a soldier i i think the games have done that Maybe always, but at least several yeah. entries. And it's so if you are a kid who loved to like watch ant farms, that's a little bit like sometimes when you watch a settlers game, it's like these millions yeah. of little ants on the screen that just kind of going yes. from thing to thing. It's, it's and it fun. sounds like someone for someone who was frustrated by what my squad did in Cult of the Lamb, like do the fucking thing, man. Yeah. What, go, what are you <laughs> well, doing? An another interesting thing is that like so. Another thing that other RTSs will do, like, okay, I want to build a thing here, and it's like, well, the thing will appear there, and then a worker will run over, and then it'll be built on a timer, whatever. Oh, oh, oh. For this, if something needs, like, 10 wood, 10 stone, whatever to be built, your carriers have to carry that in real time from your warehouse to the, the work site. So you, if, you know, speaking of the ant farm thing, you can see just, like, long lines of workers all carrying like two by fours and stones and stuff like that. And it's, it's really neat to watch actually. Mm. Um, so yeah, that that's out and, um, it's super German. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But it's, it's, it's fun. And, or as they would say, Uber German. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I think, I think they made this one very approachable. So I've, I've played a bunch of it. Um, AMA, but, uh, yeah, Theatrhythm Final Bar Line also came out. Great transition, I know. Final Bar Line sounds like, you know, the final call at a bar. Like, all right, it's the I final know. bar line. Yes. You got to close out your tab. Let's yes, go. It sounds, like, it, sounds like, it sounds like whatever you'd refer to as Nate Dogg's smoke weed every day in the Chronic 2001. <laughs> that's the final bar final line bar of that line. song. That's, that's what it is. <laughs> smoke weed every day. Smoke weed every day. Yeah. So. Na, 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 na. Uh, if you've never played Theatrhythm Final Fantasy, it's basically Trombone Champ, but... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, it's not. Yes, it is. <laughs> kind of is. Yes, it is. I mean, it's, it's a rhythm game, but it has like yeah. three... I think I've read like 360 songs or something on this on this one game. It's something ridiculous. Like that. Yeah. yeah. I think Brett, I saw a tweet from Brett and he's like, I don't care if these have all already been released in other games. I am buying and playing this game as soon as it's available. That, I'm like, that yeah, was, that's a That was game. like Michael sent me the cinematic of the intro, which is fucking like as Katamari-esque as any Final Fantasy yeah. game is ever going to be. And it was like, that's fucking charming. But I played so much theater rhythm and spent so much on the DLC. I just, like, I can't do it again. And I also don't know, like, this was made for the DS. Uh, for touchscreens, like how does this even work? Like, is, is it even? Is there even a value to it? Like, uh, uh, what did you play it on, Michael? I played it on PS5, but you can play it on Switch. So I imagine touchscreen works with that. But yeah, I mean, it it's because from both simple it only makes sense if you're playing it on a console and trying to move a thing up and down rather than tapping with a mouse. Like, yeah, 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 that game relies on but, a mouse. No, sure. I mean this still makes sense. Uh, you know, if you 
you can hit like basically any button for notes. And so if two notes come along, it doesn't matter where they are. You just hit any two buttons. And uh, then, you know, there's the swiggly bits where you have to keep the analog stick, you know, centered on the line uh, while it's squiggling around. And, uh, and, and yeah, the, the whole thing is you are playing through classic Final Fantasy songs, but also the game is sort of retelling the stories of these games. Oh. So uh, you, you are playing th- that? Uh, through... The, it's supposed to be that you're playing through scenarios from the games and you can level up your characters and give them little perks and things like that. So you're, you are fighting, but you are also trying to get perfect scores with the music so your characters do well. Now that sounds fascinating. That that I might I love the theater rhythm games, but again, I think I spent like... Sixty to seventy dollars on DLC alone for this forty dollars DS game, wow. and I just can't imagine playing it on a controller, and I can't imagine putting any more money into it. I, I this is like a, a like five months of my life I, I spent mm. playing this. Technically, exclusively. the PS Five has that capacitive touch. It thing, does. Doesn't it it, on the, it might. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It might be possible. I don't know. But I, but like if you like Final Fantasy, although it's a it's a PS Four game, so it won't take advantage of that. And if you like oh. if you like Final Fantasy's music, but I am like. I'm not kidding. Sick to death of the visual. I hate them. Mm. I hate the cutesy cardboard cutout versions of Final Fantasy. Uh, I hate. I, I, hate I think them. they're super charming. I, you didn't play the two games and spend eighty dollars. That's true. This DLC. is my first theater. Rhythm, I like, so uh, yeah, I don't. I don't. I don't. I'd, like I said, I, I wish I was more interested because that intro was amazing. Look it up on YouTube. Is this that mm-hmm. style where they don't have their eyes are just pupils? They look like button eyes and all the characters. Like when you see Cloud, it's just kind of they, like, they look like like two thirds pop figures. All final. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. But yeah, yeah, the the intro I encourage everyone to look it up just because it's it's like a ska version of the classic Final Fantasy theme. <laughs> is this ska? <laughs> yes. Kind of skyy, yeah. jazzy. It's, it's got like the ska rhythm in the, in the first uh, little bit of it. And again, I don't. That. I don't mean to shit on it. I just I, I played the shit out of both of these games. I don't know what more it has to offer me, but hmm. I like, it, like hmm. having any story at all. Like is at least different because yeah. because like I, I haven't played uh, a majority of the mainline Final Fantasy games, and I it, but I could win music trivia just from playing theater rhythm. So it'd be nice hmm. to. You know, learn a little bit more about this these series I now know all the music from. Yeah, and I like you. So you can unlock different Final Fantasy games right at the start. Uh, you get like one key equals one game, and the, you know then you play through the storyline and that game's soundtrack, etc. And I was a little disappointed because it's like okay, uh, one is grayed out, two can be unlocked. Uh, three and four are both grayed out. Five can be unlocked. Six is grayed out. Oh, good. Seven. I'll play seven. Great. Seven. But it's just like, yeah, all the other, fi- like, you grayed out my fi- favorite Final Fantasies. I've, d- I've never played two or five because those were Japan only for a long ass time. Uh, so, yeah, hard to get excited about those if you're me. But, but yeah, yeah. Get to play as, uh, and and then like as you unlock games, you unlock those characters too, so you can add them to your party. Right now, my party is just you know, Cloud Barrett, Tifa, Red Thirteen. So unbelievable. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Anyway, Wild Hearts. Ah, this I have an exclusive audio trailer for. Oh, ooh, I do. Let's I hear do. it. 
From Walt Disney Pictures, critics everywhere are proclaiming Wild Hearts a great treat for all of the family. With this one, you can't go wrong. Are you going to marry me? Yes or no? And Us Magazine calls it the perfect fantasy film. Walt Disney Pictures, Wild Hearts, rated G. Now playing at a theater near you. <laughs> it's been way too long making that. Because uh, why would you name your game this? For any 80s kids who grew up with Wild Hearts Can't Be Broken. Mm-hmm. Sorry. Mm-hmm. I had a very st- stupid relationship with this film. Is <laughs> how, how how much my brain is going. This is like 10 years, like 10 years ago almost. Uh, we got a new streaming service and my ex-girlfriend was like, Oh, this... I remember this horse movie. I haven't seen it in 30 years. Let me watch it. I'm like, ah, ah, all right, I'll watch it. I've never seen this before. And then I started mouthing all the dialogue. I'm like, what's going on? <laughs> what's going on? Why do, I, why do I know everything that's happening in this movie I've never seen? I texted my sister and like, have I seen Wild Hearts Can't Be Broken? I'm like, yes, when you were like seven and you kicked and screamed all in a one TV household the entire time. Can you imagine throwing a tantrum for like a feature-length film? Isn't Sorry. it a movie about a horse who dives? It's like a diving. It's not only about a horse. It's about a woman who goes blind, di- making a horse dive off of a platform. Right, which is yeah. like. I can't really have a lot of sympathy for that one anymore. Like, no, sorry. No. You made no, a horse. It's surprising jump. the horse didn't go blind first. You deserve this. Yeah. Like, uh, whatever it takes to get you to stop making the horse do a platform. For, for whatever dive. the re- reason, I thought, you know, taking a dive into like a glass of water, but I think that was a recurring Rocky and Bullwinkle joke. So, there, yes. there, there, there is so much. If you watch just the trailer for Wild Hearts Can't Be Broken, it's the perfect evidence that white people were out of control for a really long time. Oh, yeah. Just tremendous. Like, like, what the fuck is this? This is cruel and mean, and you made a romantic comedy out of it. Ugh. But this but game whatever. is We're not that. The movie. This is this is a Monster Hunter clone. Yeah, yeah? thank you. Yeah, yes. sorry. Yes, this is a, a, an EA original. Which I like. When did they start doing that again? Well, like, it's not just start... them. It's, who's the dev? Because it's, it's Tec- uh, yeah, Tecmo Koei, the uh, Dynasty Warriors people. Which I feel like this has the most in common with is the Dynasty Omega Warriors team? people made a Monster Hunter. Because it, it is like it is like it made me appreciate how non jank <laughs> Monster Hunter is. Because this is like frame rate is fucking crazy, uh, but jank is shit, hmm. and there's not much detail in the environments. I didn't get jank much from it, but it, it d- does this feel like a PS5 game, a, a, a or Xbox Series X? Sure, that's what does I it feel it. like a current gen game? I don't think it does. I couldn't tell you because I started to download it, but it was going to take like 18 hours because it's like a huge Uh, client. It's like... It's a 70 gigabyte game. (laughs) And as Chris was was telling us, it's offline. It's like, and if you are running a single player game on your Xbox, when it tries to do that, it will throttle your download speed to like a tenth of what it should be. I was just trying to do my work for the show. I'm like, I'll wait for this. I I guess I haven't done that before because I like... Here's a story behind the scenes. I try not to turn on my TV unless it's for work before five o'clock. So I'll usually download a game and leave and do edit podcasts and research and whatever. And this, I was like, oh, I'm going to download this. And I, I have fiber internet that should be here in a couple seconds. And I played a game like you're getting seven kilobytes a second. Yeah, it's, it's a big <laughs> Sorry, that, that's something I want to talk just briefly about the. And I'm like, what the fuck is this about? And like, yeah, the Xbox throttles your downloads if you're actively playing a yeah. game like 
I remember I used to do this at a superstition well, with my PC games. No, remember last twenty gen, years ago, one of them. I want to say PS4. It was proven it downloaded things faster if you were on the suspended state. Like if if you suspended yes. the console, it was faster than if you were doing stuff on the system. At the but time. this is like less than ten percent of my download speed. Like if mm. I have a single player game running, that is that is weird. But it is not good. So. Yeah, the impression that I got from this was, uh, like, when you bring up Neo, it's like, oh, yeah, it's, like, kind of very focused samurai-ish combat. Uh, I thought it was a bit prettier than Monster Hunter Rise, and it gives you, like, the the weird Karakuri... Shut up. It gives you the weird Karakuri (laughs) abilities where you can, like, summon crates or whatever out of thin air and then, like, climb up them and do jumping attacks off of them, which is interesting. It's fucking Fortnite meets Monster Hunter. Okay. Huh. It, I hadn't thought about it, that. But, but that's yeah, the weirdest right. thing a, about it because you get the the Katu Katugari. Uh, I've already forgotten. Katamari. You get <laughs> no, the Katamari. Not, yep. Now, gotcha. now I, I I've forgotten. Um, Katakari. Ka- Karakuri. 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 You 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 get um. It's a simplified monster hunter in that like there's food and there's health and that on the and it corresponds to the D pad. I think that's brilliant. Because Monster Hunter needed to have that simplified a little bit. Because we, we don't need all the things in our inventory all the time. And Monster Hunter's greatest thing is being able to operate like, a, like an MMO with a controller. Uh, and you can access like nine. Th- but like really, you only need like health, endurance, uh, 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 a couple of other buffs. And, and that like you don't have to like... All that shit in Monster Hunter where you have to like eat before you go into battle, mm-hmm. you can change that all out like in battle. Like it just, you can set up camps anywhere you want, so you don't have to go back to like the default area. It's all stuff that Monster Hunter deserves to have. But like, I love Fortnite from a distance, but like, it is too much for my old brain. The idea of building while I'm battling. Hmm. I've never been able to wrap my head around that. I've played Fortnite, you know, only like maybe like 12 hours combined over the last couple of years. But like, I'm, I'm a shooter guy. I'm trying to play this like a shooter. I can't build while I'm doing this with a controller. And that's what it asks you to do. But it's interesting because like, if like Matt, you know, Monster Hunter. So imagine like you're building yourself a springboard but the springboard also blocks monster attacks. Hmm. Not forever, but like you're building your. You've never had a way to like, by default, block monsters before in Monster Hunter. Just well, the Rise has those arenas where you can like close a wall to to you know. Sure. Like, but yeah, it's all environmental stuff. You don't bring that in there with you. That, that's just yeah. Like part but of you that can arena. like you can touch stuff in the environment. Gain. Uh, I'm gonna say. Katagurri. Is that my favorite curry? I can't remember. Karakuri. Uh, <laughs> Karakuri. But yeah, you can build stuff in the middle of a monster match. The monster match. That not only did like, the monster attacks, match. The monster but match. you can <laughs> springboard off of and do... You know in Monster Hunter <laughs> 4 where they added the... Uh, match. <laughs> sorry. It was. The mummy was masturbating. I forget how the song goes. Uh, <laughs> I'm sorry, Chris. Please oh. continue. <laughs> Bobby Boris Pickett, I hope he's still alive. I mean, he's done so many versions of that song. He might have sang this. We don't know. He could just be plagiarizing him right now. Mm-hmm. But but again, I think like if you're like, do you remember when you first played Monster Hunter and like maybe when three came out like 12 years ago and like 
this game feels really old. This game does too and has a very like linear start, but if if you have Game Pass, you can play it for 10 hours for nothing because it's a uh, EA, you can play it at uh, if you're listening to this at like midnight if it launches then like I think it's Game Pass uh, Ultimate, in advance. Right? It's, it's not out. Yeah, yet. It's only Ultimate, Ultimate that gives EA you that play. EA trial. Otherwise, yeah, EA Play I think is 5 bucks a month, so. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but but it like this game isn't out yet, and uh, we've been—I've been able to play it for a couple hours, and it's—it's it's like being a journalist again. <laughs> it, it, <laughs> yeah, it, it's fascinating, but I still kind of hate it. Hmm. Huh. <laughs> all right. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, yeah, I think that's the thing—is the audience they're going after are the Chris's of the world, and if Chris is well, well, well the audiences they're going after—it's like. It, we're old, so like when you get a new version of your favorite game, do you not dread it a little bit? Like I gotta learn all this new shit and like put everything aside and like mm. stop listening to this fucking. I get uh, excited for that. I don't dread I that. Gotta, like I gotta pause my Alex something Jones new. Shit and, We're <laughs> old. We don't get that anymore. Did yeah, you play I, this? Did you play this demo? It's very weird because like every no. step you take, the button demos change. Uh, like. Is your sword out? Then, then hit right into the sword. Oh, your sword's back in. So, like, you just tell me what I can do. Mm. I'd, <laughs> tell me what yeah, I can the, do. Yeah, the, the button prompts at the upper right keep changing constantly. I hate that. And I, I, I notice, like, it, it tells you, like, hold down RB to sprint. And it's like, well, this kind of sucks. Why can't I just click the left thumbstick? You the, can. Be, you can, but it's <laughs> Monster Hunter. And to sheathe your sword is how you sprint in Monster Hunter. So there's one button dedicated to sprint. You should use your RB for that because that's how you sprint, and you can't sprint with your when your sword is out. Monster Hunter doesn't have that. I'm not kidding. Like it, it doesn't have that. That you have to do something different every time you want to sprint. Monster Hunter has a little bit of those like um, contextual controls, and I hate that. Like whenever. So it does. yeah, it's like it's like learning and like mo- learning Monster Hunter was only easy for me when I was working with professionals. At the company who made it. <laughs> and, <laughs> and this game's like, think Monster Hunter, but relearn how you do all the controls. I'm like, ah, fuck, I'm not going to get in that. <laughs> I need like, I need, I need like nine hours before I can do this. Yeah. Um, but, but it wasn't bad. It wasn't bad. It was just like, it didn't look good. So, it's, so here's, it's not a good here's the game. silver lining of this. Like, I, I haven't played this yet because honestly, I've been traveling a lot. So I've only had access to my Switch, but. Mm-hmm. Uh, games like this or like the neos of the world what i like about them is the few new things they try sometimes yeah. will get rolled back into the thing yes. that they're kind of cribbing like monster hunter might take some notes and be like oh that's a good idea we're gonna do that and then they'll be up on top again because the one or, t- or two new things this game introduced it's like yeah sorry that was all you so really Matt, had when, 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 when you get killed or faint in a monster hunter game what happens to you you get sent back to camp you get sent back to camp, which is home where you start. You can now set up a camp with your resources anywhere you want. Mm. And you can warp using those uh, fast travel using those camps. So that's no longer an issue. You could like you could potentially, I don't know this, die next to a monster and warp right there with this health the same you can way. Spawn camp a monster hill. Yeah. 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 And and like and you instantly can go online via that. Uh changing armor in a game can be done in a menu. Forging armor can be done in a menu because, like, oh. uh, I, I think we, we like we all love Monster Hunter World, and the world kind of caught on to Monster Hunter with that. But it still had complicated, stupid shit that you can only do outside of when you're playing. Yeah, almost everything in this game you can do while you're playing. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's very streamlined that way, and it does kind of like the Dark Souls. Uh, here you have a, an easy mapped uh, healing item. You just hit up on the D pad. 
And except this one, you don't have to rest at a campfire to refill it. You can just you you find like a special bush in the world and like okay, just refill it there. Yeah, do you ever feel old and like you're playing a game like that's too much frame rate? Mm. <laughs> I got a little bit of that from this. Like, like oh man, oh man, I did not expect the camera to turn that too much when I when I hit. hit I'd the, like to be <laughs> capped oh. at thirty, please. Yeah, please. Yeah. Like, yeah. Uh, please. it's more shit. cinematic that way. It's, <laughs> it's like That's what the devs always it's like say. My dream cycles. <laughs> mm-hmm. I had a little bit. So when I shit on the game, it's because of, because of that. But it is like a bunch of stuff Monster Hunter really needed to have and um, didn't streamline enough and. Uh, Rise, I, I think we all can agree, like, uh, streamlined a lot of Monster Hunter's bullshit. Mm, but the yes. idea of, like, farming and, like, traveling to a different area to talk to people to do stuff, that's gone. And, um, um, Wild Hearts can't be played. Mm. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, no, I, I, I don't mean to shit on this too much because, uh, it, it is a, it's the most significant stab I've seen at Monster Hunter. And soul sacrifice, and that's like ten years ago. And it's and it's hmm. EA. That's I think to me that's one of the most surprising things is the the safe company that doesn't I really try new things that often is is trying. I take can't it a big swing. quantify this in words, but seeing EA's name on this game is baffling. <laughs> yeah, it is really <laughs> weird. Like baffling. this is this is so so Japanese. It is very Japanese prototype and. <laughs> Not what EA would release. And then you kick <laughs> on the main menu, it's Kendrick Lamar playing with the latest sports <laughs> scores scrolling uh, across the screen. Uh, <laughs> you gotta induce your stamina. I can't do a good Kendrick Lamar, I'm trying. Um I got yeah. I got I got I got it's DNA. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, I, know, uh, I know what it was. But yeah, Wild Hearts. If you have Game Pass, you can try it. Uh, Zero Wing came out on PC, which is a bizarre thing to come out on PC in 2023. Yes. Uh, you probably know this w- game. Without what you wanted in the game. <laughs> yeah, without without the key thing that makes the game interesting, which is the opening cutscene for the Genesis slash Mega Drive version, which gave us the famous line, all your base are belong to us. Oh, wow. That is here, yeah. but he doesn't talk. Yeah, that cutscene was not in the arcade version, which is what is out on PC and Mac and Linux. Uh, so it is cutscene free, but it is a pretty good shmup. Uh, what makes Zero Wing kind of interesting is that you always have like what are what are they called options, like the little yeah. gun pods that float next to you. Oh yeah, so yeah, yeah. you have those at all times in this. Uh, one on you know above you the other below you they are indestructible and enemies will be hurt by them so you can uh just crash them into enemies if you want and then uh rather than like a linear power-up system like gradius you get like oh i i grab this uh this green orb that gives me homing missiles and i want to stick with that so i'll avoid other power-ups but then if i grab another green orb then i get a beefier version of those missiles and uh fight a bunch of big bosses and it's a pretty short game overall. Is it? Um, if yeah. you can get through it, right? Yeah, yeah. If you can get through it, I, I think like I, I read something like two hours. So mm. you know, it depends. Like if you enjoy shmups, uh, guess what? You get infinite continues and can uh, do a bunch of cool stuff with it. And filters and um, I think saves save points and uh, other little cheaty things like that. Um, but also, uh, if you bought. I, what is it? The uh, 
the deluxe edition, whatever, like with early access. If you pre-ordered a certain edition with early access, you could be playing Like a Dragon Ishin the day that this comes out. Um, yes. Can you comment on that at all, Matt? Well, I'm, yeah, this is my, my warning. So I work for Sega. Um, mm-hmm. And I've been waiting for this game for several years now, ever since I learned that the Samurai spin-off games existed and that, that mm-hmm. they had not come to America. Um, and so this is a, a thing I've really been looking forward to. I haven't played the game, but I do have a poster in Japanese that I brought back from Japan. <laughs> so that's, like, oh, that's, that's as close important. as I've gotten so far. Um, I know I, I yeah, I'll be playing this with the rest of you. Um, but, uh, yeah, no, I'm, I'm really excited about this one, um, where it's not, it, I mean, I'm going to have trouble cause I will just always think of him as Kazuma Kiryu, but he, mm-hmm. he, plays like i think it's a, it's actually a historic like samurai swordsman name or but uh yeah so so this is the the samurai or one of the samurai spin-off games and if you are a yakuza fan like me and have always wanted to play those games and now is your chance um because yeah it's it's coming out so uh very excited i saw they also um they've been teasing this game with like these one of the systems are like these battle cards that you get where, where you can like – I think they're like basically summons. But one of them was Kenny Omega, like uh, AEW Wrestling or formerly New Japan Pro Wrestling. Oh, that's cool. Kenny Omega. Um, I've been seeing a, a lot of those. Like they, they've had like a bunch of kind of cameo celebrities in that system. So I'm, I'm looking forward to that. And then I saw an announcement today that there is a skin – where you can just play as Kiryu in the game, which I'm like, well, wait, that's nice. the whole purpose of this samurai game. Like, but, like and, being a tourist at Disneyland. And yet <laughs> I bought that skin pack for that Fist of the North Star game that came out. That was basically a Yakuza Fist of the North Star game where I can play that as Kiryu as well. And I'm like, yeah, no, I'm, I'm fine with that, actually. Nice. Gray suit and everything. Uh, also, so is PSVR 2 actually out this week? I, I've been seeing the reviews hit, and I saw a review hit for that uh, Horizon Call of the Mountain VR mm-hmm. game or whatever. So, I think it if it's it might it might be shipping this week. If not, it's it's a next week thing. So, uh, if you have the what is it five hundred fifty dollars, six hundred bucks, like six hundred bucks, more if than the PS Five, if you're willing if you're to cough up more than your system, not like me and done paying off your PS Five, go for mm-hmm. it. Yeah, if you're rich enough to do that, come on the show. We'd love to have you, and you can talk about PSVR. <laughs> yeah, this is one, like, man, if if this were a few years ago, I'd probably be all in. But, like, I have just not been that interested in playing virtual reality for a while now. You've I, bought I, I, multiple I think, headsets, too. Like, I that's did. the thing. This yeah. would be, like, your fifth VR headset. And I think I, I that's don't sort think of PSVR 2 has done enough to demonstrate, like, why do you need this? Yeah. It it does feel like the library is a bunch of older games plus maybe one or two exclusives. Yeah, but it's, it, like, it's just like it's more VR stuff. And like, mm-hmm. well, stuff I could have played on Quest like a year ago yeah. or – And it doesn't have the best VR game, which everyone says is Half-Life Alex, And so it's yes. like – Yeah. I, it's fantastic. Yeah, th- this to me, I feel like it's in a weird spot just because VR, it, it's not – dead like i don't think the i don't think it, the experiment was a complete failure it's just no, like it didn't it. 
didn't catch the way yeah. we thought well, it might. You it know? never fulfilled the promise of VR. Because I, I saw somebody saying, like, you know, are you going to get PSVR 2? And if not, what would it take for you to get back into VR? And I, I had to think about it. And I, I think, like, for me, it would it would take something that lives up to the original promise of VR, which is, like, I want something on the level of Skyrim that's very immersive but with hardware that's light enough that I can comfortably wear it for hours and kind of kind of just lose myself in this forget that I'm wearing goggles because 90% of what I've played in VR is like this sort of uh almost like mini game ish yeah. stuff where it's it's like it's sort of a shallow experience you don't move around very much because people get sick yeah. Uh, you don't. You're on do rails. Very much. You're on yeah. rails, and you move forward. That's they the all. They, a lot of VR games still to this day feel like tech demos, and I think that's yeah. one of the issues with the medium is like because I think the limitation of the hardware or just the human body itself. Like Michael was saying, like you can't do some stuff in VR because you will throw up, and like mm -hmm. yeah, that might be holding it back. You know. Well, it's even if you don't throw up, like a, a significant number of people will, and so they have to design toward the lowest common denominator. Like, we don't want to make something that's going to make 60% of the people who play it sick. Yeah, like so, my, my dad who gets sick playing Mario. Like, Mario Kart 16-bit, like, gives him motion sickness. Wow. Has to take Dramamine. Yeah. As if gamers needed another thing to marginalize people about. Don't Great. look at it. <laughs> Great. Oh, what, you get sick playing VR? You're not a real gamer, Boomers bro. Boomers us back. <laughs> Had a girlfriend once who would get sick when I'd played Turok. Like she couldn't look at the screen. Well, <laughs> like, oh, I can't is... blame her. Have you seen yeah. Turok and run? You know the fog. It's the fog. Yeah, it's the fog. It never should have run at sixty frames a sec. That was awful. Mm. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah, but but for someone like me, like I I, I, I traded in some stuff and like I got VR for three hundred dollars, and yeah. I always felt like did I ever get my money's worth? I'm not really sure. But like if I were to go in an arcade and put on a headset and do something. Maybe I did, and I felt okay about that. Six hundred dollars additionally is feels weird. I mm. feel like VAR your your mileage varies depending on the kind of friend you have. Because I can't honestly say I I don't have friends where the second that headset goes on, they're not trying to to hit my, me in the balls. Like that's the problem is the trust <laughs> factor with VR. Like once oh, I'm yeah. once I'm isolated in that headset. No, thank you. No, thank you. Like, hey, Matt, I, take off your headset and look at this uh, OK sign I'm showing you beneath your head. Never. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I, I don't know. Like, we, I think we already realized the VR audience might have, what, what do you call it, hit its peak? Yeah, uh, I guess. I mean, might I mean have, the, interest might have peaked. Interest I, might I have feel peaked. like I wonder who Sony's going after with this, like, is this people that bought the first one where they're like, hey, buy the upgrade? Or is this maybe like, hey, if you didn't buy the first one, now's the best version. Just go ahead and pull the trigger well, on this one. Well, that, that would be the more enticing proposition because it is not backwards compatible yep, with no. other PSVR games. I only have my PS4 plugged in for Beat Saber because it's my only exercise. You can still play it on your PS5, all that stuff. Um, yeah. And, and God bless them, some developers have just offered free upgrades they've said oh yeah if you own it on this one you're gonna get it on the yeah. other one so, yeah. so i mean i'm sure psvr2 is great i've heard good things the reviews i'm i'm seeing on metacritic are really good it's getting a lot of you know high positives in the 90s and 80s 
but it, it's for me really right now it's like i irrespective of how good the hardware is or its games are like am i really even that interested in the proposition of vr are you as it is right now six hundred dollars interested yeah that's i am definitely not six hundred dollars interested like especially for like a closed platform like oh i can only play what's available for ps5 with this six hundred dollar headset as opposed to like on PC, I can try, like, weirdo demos and stuff that people come out with. I'll give you an example, Michael. Mm-hmm. Um, I just took my father on a dad date because he wanted to see Avatar. My mom wouldn't go see it with him. I'm like, I'll go see it oh. again if we see it in 3D because I've been to the Disney parks since then, since <laughs> I saw Avatar 2. And, like, uh, yeah, it really is, like, groundbreaking 3D. Let me go see this movie in 3D. And it was amazing. Like I, I realized I had not seen a 3D movie in uh, a movie theater in like 10 years because nothing really compared to when I saw Avatar in 2009. Michael, can so, you believe this? This fucking guy, every chance he gets, he brings up Avatar. On this yeah. Show. <laughs> but here, here's here, here's that, that's exactly what I'm pointing out. Stop trying Michael, to make Avatar Michael, happen, Matt, man. Go see Avatar in, in movies no. in three in the movie theater in 3D. I saw the first one. Yes in 3D. or no? Yes or no? Will you do it? No. Exactly. Okay. How the fuck are they going to get six hundred dollars out of people to, to experience this in three D? Like, it's just not going to work. It's not going to work. I'm telling you, it's the best three D movie I've ever seen. Neither of you will go. It it does. I feel like okay. You know, as we're like entering allegedly like what most people are hoping would be a mild recession and stuff. Like the timing is. The worst possible timing, but it kind of just that is not a consumer friendly price point. I, I just, yeah, you, but I guess for VR be. though, that's that's relatively inexpensive, right? For for like right. a good powerful VR system. You yeah, know? I mean compared to like higher end PC, like you can expect to spend like a thousand dollars on a decent PC VR setup. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I, I've just been using Quest because uh, it's it's cheap and it works and. Kind of where I'm at with VR is, like, I I think the technology has a lot of potential. I think I'm just waiting for, like, one or two more leaps forward in the Mm. tech itself. And and to where the games can be more than these, like, tech demo experiences, where they can be these kind of more full-fledged games. It just feels like it's... That's where we are. We're maximizing what we can get out of this current hardware generation of VR. And it's like, it just needs that next... It's way... it's, It's like... The VR we had in the late 80s or the 90s, like, this is fucking worlds better than that shit, right? And so it, it just oh, needs, yeah. like, another another leap or two in the tech maybe before... before yeah, but, it like, knowing what you do about game development and the idea, like, you're developing this one thing, like, unless you can charge $180 for this game, right. you'll never make your money back, period. Or unless, unless the platform holder is subsidizing your development. Right. Like, hey, we need content on this thing. Unless we'll Facebook's pay you. paying you to make a Darth Vader game, yes. Which that money is dried up for the most part, you know, exactly. with Facebook. Like, uh, uh, I didn't want it to dry up, but uh, I-, I loved the VR experiences I had, but it's like, it doesn't, it's not $600 good. It just isn't. It, 600 it, before is, you buy any games, right? Yeah, so on top it, of it's that. It's not. It, it is not at all. Like, it's not $600 good. I wonder. So remember the original PSVR came, there was like those demo experience discs, which yeah. had like 10, 10 mm-hmm. tech demos on them. Does PSVR 2 come with something like that? Because you kind of, you need that with VR 2. You need a thing where you can immediately pop it in and show your friends like, hey, yeah. this is what VR is. You know? I, yeah. I think there's more of that on the 
Facebook environment, but I don't have a quest and um, try not to give Zuckerberg money. No, I'm just kidding. But, uh, but also serious. But, uh, <laughs> but, but, uh, yeah, like, uh, Astrobot was the thing that converted me, and that was a $40 game in addition to a $400 system. It, it was cheap, mm-hmm. uh, in that context, but, yeah, I even got the, the Vader Rising stuff, which, again, like, I'm a tall guy. I'm taller than most people. Being in VR and watching Vader tower over me was like, oh, shit, this was, it feels like to be a fucking regular-sized person. Uh, <laughs> like, uh, it was terrifying. That's what it feels. I won't be tall around people ever again. I'm taller than David Prowse. I am. I, I, I didn't know that. I, like, when I, whenever I dream or recollect, I'm the same size as everybody else. But uh, Darth Vader was never that scary to me until like he towered over me with his lightsaber in VR. Uh, it was that a good experience. Way too sexual. That way it's not sexual. <laughs> he, he towered over me with his waist. lightsaber. His lightsaber was dripping over my face. I don't. I, I didn't don't say it was dripping. It's not a <laughs> molten did. lightsaber. He didn't overclock it like Kylo Ren. <laughs> like Kylo Ren. <laughs> no, he I didn't say that at all. Matt's putting he words in my mouth. <laughs> he did the thing we all did with lighters when we were in high school. No, <laughs> I didn't do that. I didn't take the top off and crank it too hard. No. Kylo I never Ren did, did that. the lighter never. trick on his lightsaber. I'm just do not realized. put that on my wiki. I did not do that. I was. I fought Darth Vader like by default. <laughs> what a fucking oh. tool. No, stop it, Matt. Oh. I'm talking about Kylo Ren. You're fine. I mean, you're a different kind of tool. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, what's he going to come get me? <laughs> oh, there he is. Me. Yeah, uh, he got me. He got me. All right. Well, as good a time as any to move on to. I just realized I've never heard this person's name said out loud, so I'm totally going to key and peel this. Tehran Egerton's uh, Tetris trailer came out. and North um, Carolina. <laughs> uh, that Tetris trailer is fucking awesome. Have you guys seen it? Yeah, it looks like it looks like the worst movie I've ever seen, but like about something I care about very much. It's, an, it's on Apple Plus, I think, and it's uh, the story of Hank Rogers, who is like the... So he's like the Ray Kroc of McDonald's where, like, he didn't invent Tetris. He helped bring Tetris to the masses, you know? I think Michael and I have met both those gentlemen when they did, like, a Ubisoft Tetris game. Yes, um, I got to interview them at E3. Yeah, and so, yeah, it's the story of how Tetris came to the States. I think at the end of the trailer, there's even, like, a little scene where I'm assuming that's Yamauchi from, from Nintendo of Japan, like, playing it, being like, it's okay, you know, like on a Game Boy and stuff. Where it's I like, love the idea of like you're the tenth person to ever see this, and it's a Game Boy, and there's like a RoboCop amount of things sticking into it. Right. <laughs> <And> <laughs> it's a Game Boy. It's, it's got like a radar on it. Uh, no, I, I'm I am excited about the premise of it, like the idea of a, of a Tetris movie. Now they they got me. Where it's because it's it's a little bit. A little bit, um, God, what was that McDonald's, the, the founder, the that founder. movie about Ray Kroc, right, but yeah. it's, it's also like a little bit of like a Russian spy thriller it's hinting yeah. at because it, it is like they're literally sort of figuring out how yeah, to get got, Tetris to get from get out from under from the, the nose Russian, of the, of the Russian government. You have to get permission from the Russian government and yeah. like in the show, in the trailer, what Tetris looked like when he made it, which is like one of the first times I think I've ever seen that other than like 
smuggled footage out of Russia. Uh, like, it was a, a, what do you call it, an ASCII-based game. Um, brilliant coding. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. From, a, a, is it Pajanov? Pa- yeah, Alexei Pajanov. Yeah, Pajanov. Um, yeah, but, but like, the, the idea of an adult in the, uh, mid, the mid to late 80s recognizing, like, this is going to take the world by storm is a crazy story because no one, no adult liked video games. And it's like Mario's big, Ninja Turtles are big. What else is going to sweep the game landscape? Like, dude, this game is addictive. Well, he, yeah, he, the trailer, he doesn't call it this, but like it talks about the Tetris effect. He's like, I dreamt about this game after only playing it five minutes. And I'm like, oh, yeah, that's Tetris effect. Like it, mm-hmm. it runs in your head overnight. You oh, know? yeah. Like, and I, I want to give a shout out to Padukin's Rob, who is like uh, Jack Black plays Orange Ricky. And, uh, <laughs> and like started casting the blocks. I, I love <laughs> like, that those so fake good. names like got popularized to the point of being what a Jeopardy question. <laughs> yes, <right>? like <laughs> Orange Ricky, uh, yeah, Chris I, Pat Pratt is a slammer. I'm, yeah, I'm glad boy or whatever. Because <laughs> I still remember when like oh Tetris movie rights got picked up, and yeah, I never thought like oh you're gonna do. Uh, the story behind the game, which is really interesting. You think Tetris movie is like, how the fuck are they going to yeah, turn th- this into a movie? You think Adam Sandler like, I can't believe I woke up in Tetris. Well, yeah. I think someone, it's, and, it was rumored there was like a sci-fi series in development or like I could have seen that become like a battleship movie, right? Probably starring that guy, Taylor, what, Lautner or whatever? No, not, no, what was? Egerton. No, Ch- what was, who was John whatever from Mars? A the different dude, Taylor, Matt. The dude I say from Friday Night Lights who that ki- movie killed his career, you know? Uh, Taylor Johnson? Aaron no. Taylor Johnson? No. No. Anyway. No. Uh, edit this out. Um, so, yeah. <laughs> Tetris movie. Excite. Um, next big story. This this one people could not stop talking about over the weekend. Um, so, Microsoft. As you guys know, there's this whole... It's not a trial, but it's like they're having to prove to regulators why their acquisition of Activision Blizzard is okay. Um, And so as part of that, we've sort of been commenting over the months like (laughs) it's a thing that companies never do. Like basically in court, like Microsoft execs are sort of like shitting all over their own company because yes. they, they want to position themselves as the underdog, right? And so they're Nobody saying... it's Call of Duty to Right, they're, they're saying all these things about themselves like, well, look, we're like the third place player in the market. And, and, and But one of the things they said, which ran counter to what they'd been saying publicly, was that Game Pass can actually cannibalize sales of the game that's on game pass for of course it can. They, they, they you know i think it i think it got redacted but they they were like yeah it's like x percentage over that first year and it's it's something that common sense would have told all of us but back in 2018 phil spencer was on record saying like no it's it's actually the opposite games on game pass have a huge sales bump from the non-subscribers who then you know because because it does create Look at Wild Hearts as an example. We, word know, of we mouth. played this. It creates word of mouth. Like we played Wild of Heart, Wild Hearts because it's a part of yeah. Game Pass Ultimate. So and, he, and, and if you're paying for Game Pass, you can your saves are saved. So like right. And there's a discount if you do want to convert to the full version. You get the game for a little bit of a discount. But people are kind of like calling it like, "Aha! You lied to us, Microsoft." And I think. I think it was it was Jeff Gersman who said this on his podcast this week, but I kind of suspected the same thing. It's like, well, no, 
it's the timing. I bet back in 2018 when there were far fewer Game Pass subscribers, yes. that statement was true. It was but true. now that there is enough Game Pass subscribers where people don't need to buy these games, it is you not. Remember when 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 Netflix streaming started and uh, did you ask NBC Universal, "Hey, is streaming Thirty Rock on Netflix hurting Thirty Rock game DVD sales?" Of course it is. <laughs> of course it fucking is. If anybody is asking anybody who knows, why would you? pay $20 a season when you can get all the seasons for nothing. Yep. Good yeah. question. And, and so after this came out, Microsoft released a clarifying statement that didn't really clarify things. It basically was just like, hey, Game Pass is a phenomenal deal. And we're like, we know. We get it. Like, it's a great deal for gamers. We get but, it. But the question is, like, is this something that benefits the entire industry? And I think, I think the problem is people try to it, think of it like as an all or nothing proposition and and I where I've always stood with Game Pass is like I think certain developers it absolutely like if you're a small developer who putting out a game is super high risk you don't know if you're going to have a return on your investment like that whatever money you're getting from Microsoft to put it on Game Pass that's a godsend that's like a guarantee for you like yes this paid for the years I've sunk into this game right but it doesn't mean that makes sense for every game and, and right. every type of game, you know? It's Like, if you, if you put Binding of Isaac on um, Game Pass, like a game that has a good social media presence and, like, keeps updating itself, like, I don't know that that would help the game at all. Like, at all. Because yeah. the people who love the game already love the game, and um, uh, but I don't think it would hurt the sales either. And Microsoft Statements was sort of just saying, like, they, they try to custom tailor these deals they make with the devs to... Whatever mm -hmm. fits the dev, right? And yeah, if if you know you think it's gonna lose you money in the long run as a developer, yeah, you you just wouldn't do one of these deals. Yeah, don't do it. this. Yeah, but uh, and, yeah, and you should you should have that you should have those P and Ls in place if you're a game developer before you agree to this. And but I I, I do agree because but but also like you know we all have, did we all officially ten years ago work at a game developer? Is are we there yet? I I mean I've worked at publishers and then, then hmm. the one developer yeah i guess ubisoft and, but, develops but and publishes there was still the idea that like you know you sell games you made 10 years ago but they're not part of your you know financial you're not basing your plan on a game from 10 years ago right oh i see what you mean like the catalog your catalog business yes yeah, 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 your yeah. catalog sales like because th there was a team when i worked at a publisher where like you advertise sales and whatnot but like uh but other than that, like, there's not a team working on, you know, de actively developing these games or, like, making new content for them. Uh, yeah, like, it, it has to be, like, at least another, like, a alternative to a game going away entirely. Yeah. Or, uh, yeah, I don't know. Never, and I'll just say this. Microsoft's a very smart company with many, many, many very smart people and analysts who, like, Trust me, the deals they're offering people and making, like, they know, they can kind of predict what a game's going to make on their platform, and I'm sure they're trying to compensate people as fairly as possible while, you know, not losing money on the no, deal if themselves. you've worked right? at the level we have, it's like, it's the, like, what does this game need to make to be profitable? Microsoft is offering that with Game Pass. Let's take it. They would never offer, like... Microsoft is offering way lower than what we need to be profitable. Right. We will we will we'll take Let's this. Do like it. that's not <laughs> what's happening. That's not what's happening. Right. Right. 
So, so I, I would just say when you're, you see a lot of reactionary people out there being like, ah, ha, ha, caught you. And it's like, again, that statement was from 2018. Things were way different with the number of subscribers. Like, I think now if you ask Phil Spencer, like, he would, he would tell you something yeah, different. Why, have, have we not paid attention to tech? Like, we've lived the last 10 years of our lives with too good to be true deals. And why are they true? Because they lose money for two decades while getting venture capital funding. Right. They, they're uh, subsidized, basically. Yes. Yeah, to get you Uber in has door. never made money. Netflix has never made money. Like, they they, they shed money. But they get uh, investment money. Different. Yeah, maybe with that investment money, you can pay $70 for Zelda. Um, I, I'm not sure how much you guys touched on. I know you did we, cover the price uh, last week. Yeah. Did you talk about how Nintendo, though... They then came out and said not every Nintendo game will be 70. It's a, it's a case-by-case thing. Like It's not like an official policy from them. Just the ones we think are really good. A little a little bit, but like also um, the reality – like I talked about it a little then. Like in Japan, uh, I think I used Ace Attorney as an example. It sold as like a $70 It's game. It's a demand-based pricing versus yeah. – in the states, it's commodity pricing for video games. You know, like there is a no. Price there, there, there's a minimum. There's literally a minimum in the U.S. for for a lot of, especially Nintendo games. Like you can only be this price. Like, but we have a very small install base. We'll never make that price. Japan is always kind of like, hey, you like this horny girl game <laughs> with, with with music? Like, it's we're gonna charge you a hundred bucks, and like everyone's like, that seems fair. Like, I, <laughs> I can't get this anywhere else. And America doesn't really have that. And but here's a really harsh reality: Zelda doesn't sell as well as like 18 other Nintendo franchises, and clearly costs more. It, like, should you pay the same amount for Zelda that you do for One Two Switch? <laughs> or, yeah. or, this is also reminding me we didn't talk about Metroid Prime Remastered in new releases. We did. Oh, but, I, th- I thought you guys covered it last week. It, it, it wasn't out when we recorded last week. Uh, or or it had come it. out that day. We, we hadn't had a chance to play it. But it's very good. Um, it's very yeah. pretty. It, it, much prettier than the original, actually. It's, I heard it's, they, they updated the controls, right? Because that was yes, kind of the problem yes, with the original. Yes, yeah. 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 yeah, great game. One of my favorite yep. first yep. person Still, still plays that. great. Um, if you... Yeah, but th- th- there's your example right there. Like a, a $40 GameCube right. game. Or, or the Switch Sports they did last year. That was a $40 game. And so I think, yeah, Nintendo... Yep. They are kind of adjusting pricing based on what they think people will pay for these things. Like, yeah. and that, that's basically what their statement said is like, Hey, it's not like, you know, cause like with Sony, I think it is like a policy, like, Hey, first party games are all 70. Like that's our, that's our deal now, you know? And it's like, no, Nintendo's mm-hmm. still saying like, no, it's, I mean, it's not that you're paying for the amount of hours in that game, but. That's sort of how I'm going to justify it to myself is like, look, Zelda will be hundreds of hours of entertainment. Like I can yeah. I can throw in an extra 10 bucks. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, I mean, in terms of that debate, like 1-2 Switch, that launch game that was fucking awful. It was a $40 game. Uh, WarioWare, which I thought was a great game for Switch, was $10 less than um, Mario uh, shit. Odyssey, yes. Mm-hmm. Mario Odyssey mm-hmm. and Breath of the Wild. Nintendo has always done this. Um, and, it, and it makes sense. Whatever, because like, uh, I don't know. Have you ever been disappointed in a Zelda game? Like, I just don't see like how $10 is going to make or break me here. And like, 
do you have what do you need to know about business? Seven years of development. Mm. <laughs> I gotta pay ten dollars more. Fuck you! I'm lighting your <laughs> your headquarters on fire. Like I yeah, like just, what are you just imagining about? Nintendo as the bounty hunter from raising Arizona. It's like, oh, you'll pay what the market will bear. No, no, it's not even that. It's just like the idea that like uh you know how long this took to make and you know how much care was put into it. The pli- the prices of games should fluctuate a little bit. But also really like should. inflation is real and and like that's the thing is like it totally. is Totally. Like I I'm not here to be an apologist for people raising their prices, sorry, but like at the same time it's like every everything else is increasing in price but just because video games have this rule of like hey we all charge 60 or whatever like no it they you know, with inflation, but, maybe but they you, need to charge you know, 70, like, like. You, uh, you, you work on Sonic stuff, and, like, they re-release Sonic Colors, and, like, 40 bucks online. Like, it's it's a different price. It's a fluctuating price. It didn't need to, like, be a $60 game out of the gate. Like, it wasn't necessary. Uh, this is what we need to recoup our losses, and this is what we imagine the amount of people who buy it. It's a good thing. Those standard prices are killing physical games. And they are. If you want to justify it to yourself, just let's do this. Like Nintendo announced that their earnings were down. I think, like on a shareholder car something. Yeah. But then, like in the same week, they announced they were giving their employees a ten percent raise because yep. they believe in that retaining talent is is the most important thing in this period. Like that, like we don't want to lose people because of this. So it's like, okay, if you want to justify that extra ten bucks, just know that you're helping. You know fund that uh, pay increase for Nintendo for your uncle at yeah. Nintendo <laughs> yes I, it was a great hard drive yes. article about like uh, what was that uh, uncle at Nintendo refuses to acknowledge his nephew <laughs> <laughs> like he has a nephew <laughs> yeah he, got, he almost got him fired for revealing yeah, all those no, he, we need to help him get a pay raise so that he can keep feeding us all this great information about uh, <laughs> the su- super deluxe ultra neo Nintendo Last bit of news, we got to go out on a silly note. So CD Projekt Red released those the current-gen versions of The Witcher 3. Mm-hmm. Um, unfortunately, when they did <laughs> that, they didn't know that, that some of the, they were including some mods from the community, right? Which that's a whole other thing if you want to discuss, like, hey, what's the moral... You know, uh, no, I glad I didn't. I didn't know how that happened until you just said but, that. But I know so, you're about to get one of those mods that they didn't realize put in high definition vaginas <laughs> in, on the character models with like visible labia. Um, there you go. If I can be, if we can be uh, indelicate, visible three D labia <laughs> by the community <laughs> was on monsters and vampires. <laughs> but I just love that they didn't know that because they were like oh we're going to include some of the best community mods in these in these uh, this versions. one was like, top rated we're not going to look at it <laughs> it really was this centaur is definitely not a virgin <laughs> <laughs> but uh, and so they're having to roll that back now because like in the base game like they show pubic hair but then it's very much like a barbie situation right they're like you know they're, they're kendall's yeah <laughs> But I just love that it's like they put in high definition junk and are walking yeah, they, that they back put in, yeah, we just put in 3D George O'Keefe paintings beneath all these. But here's these here's what women. I don't get is like why? Because the it's an animated title. Cyberpunk has like visible dildos and shit everywhere. Like what why are you getting so prudish now? Like I would say like imagine Marjorie Taylor Greene finding out about this. She would coast off it for a week. I guess, but also just Cyberpunk exists. Like she could just yeah. find that game instead. I I could strip my character naked and look at her vagina if I want to. Like 
right? Yeah, there was. I want accurate vagina bones. Do you know how much penis was in Cyberpunk? It was full. It was just dicks everywhere. It was. 2077 is the number of dicks in that game. That's why they called it that. (laughs) Especially if you get into. It wasn't uh, the year. Was it Jig Jig Street with all the dildo stores? There were dildo stores. There were like dildo vending machines in that thing. It was fucking awesome. Uh, yeah. Why? Why do they care about these fucking? It's an excellent this, question. In this fantasy world, you know, I don't care. Maybe, maybe there's there's more mainstream attention on Witcher, I guess, because it had the hit. This whole show series. is a futuristic dildo yeah, store. That's, that's true. There's there's a there's a Netflix. Yeah, the new season's coming up quick. Get the labia out of the game. Yeah. <laughs> it's called yes. Uh, cyberpunk edging runners. <laughs> You're welcome. I just, I just run edgers. CD Projekt Red sometimes makes so many unforced errors. You're like, why? Why didn't you check that? Like, did you not QA your game and did no one see that? Like, well, they can always blame the community. Yeah. I guess so. Yeah. I guess so. All well, right, well, speaking of the- which, let's get in the community. Which uh, is always a segment in our community. Of course. Uh, last week's question of the week was, uh, what place, real or fictional, would you like to see recreated as an open world? Matt, you weren't here last week. Do you have an answer? Um, well, mine was already recreated in that Disneyland game, man. Disneyland is uh, fucking, it's like hey. my favorite place in the world, and they did a great job. I would love to see either a DLC expansion pack or an update to that game that includes Galaxy's Edge, because Galaxy's Edge fucking mm. rules. Um but and Disneyland's ever changing. Like Walt said, it would never be done, right? So I would not to say that that game should be a live service game because God no, it is an abysmal fucking game. But like, yeah. I don't even care about the don't game. Don't you take out my Song of the South level? Just get rid of the attractions. I don't call them rides; they're called attractions. Mm-hmm. Get rid of the, attra- the the attractions in that game are garbage. They're nothing like the real thing. Yeah, they're awful. Yeah. Just let me walk around that park. Like I bring yes. back the People Mover. I need a fatal attraction. Bullshit, dude! I took a time lapse photo on a on the People Mover two weeks ago. I'll send it to you. It's ah, do I get to watch a guy get rolled over the under, under the wheels in slow no, motion? But you can, I can show you the new Tron ride right. in person. Yes. What's the first thing I built in all of those old sim games? Disneyland, and that game did it better yeah. than I ever could. And so that's that's all I yeah. needed. All right. Thank you. Oh, you weren't here last week. I'm like, it's gorgeous. The game sucks. Yeah. But like, if you just walk around, like, this I, is awesome. I kind of like getting autographs from the characters, but whatever. So shoot me, Ben. No, no, me too. But like, the gameplay. Yes, the gameplay is garbage. Because it's a Kinect game. Worst. That's what you always forget is like, it started yeah. as a Kinect game. Yeah. So it was about waving your arms like you're fucking Peter Pan. It's stupid. Terrible game. But there's, there's a billion Kickstarter projects about recreating Disneyland, like, it was already done very done well, really well in this one game you get on Game Pass for nothing that you don't even care and it's, about. And it's not stone for stone. There are definitely like parts where I'm like, ah, you took a shortcut there. There's there's another alley in New Orleans Square that you're missing, but it's close. It's very close, you know. Yeah. Which is, again, that give me that community mod. Fucking put that uh, not, not safe for word Merc mod in there. I want to see the real di- – I want to see the remnant of the House of Tomorrow that's still in there, Disneyland. You got to know where to look. We'll see him. Show me all the Oompa Loompa slave bones that were built <laughs> on Disneyland. I mean, like, <laughs> I missed that history of Disneyland. I need to find that book. Apparently, I mean, the movie's based on something. Find the secret compartment <laughs> which contains Walt Disney's frozen head. You know it's yes. there. Yes. Yeah. Uh, well, on VigiGamePocalypse.com, giant giant short stacks said back in the fifth console generation. 
<coughs> as video games added a new dimension, my dumb adolescent brain constantly imagined them as far more expansive and detailed than what a 64 megabyte cartridge could possibly contain. However, I've always sort of held on to hope that one day we would con we could contextualize the land surrounding Peach's Castle. Are the trees circling the Mushroom Kingdom the eponymous Wario's Woods? Can I get a wing cap and fly up to Skyland to defend it from an airship attack? None of that was possible in 1996, but with today's technology, every location in the game could have its own warp zone connecting to every other location as a means of fast travel. Maybe I just want to hear some out-of-touch Nintendo rep brag about, see, see that cool, cool mountain in the distance? You can walk there. Like it's 2007, and that's still a unique marketing point. There's just so much potential to recapture that feeling of freedom and wonder. We felt the first time Mario stepped out into the Z-axis. He's he, he's not... Um, Giant Source Sex is not wrong. No. Because when, when Michael and I talked about... We talked about last week about open worlds. Like, is any Mario game an open world game? Um, it's, the most recent one, Bowser's Fury, absolutely yeah. is. That's, yeah, 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 but the the other ones like that we consider open worlds, like um, like Sunshine is one of the only ones because mm -hmm. everything else is like closed worlds. Walking into closed Sunshine worlds. still has levels though, like you you go from Delfino Plaza to these little worlds, yeah. you know. So it's not, re it's but 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 like you change things in the overworld in Sunshine, whereas yes. you don't really do that in Odyssey. Hmm. Yeah, I mean, the, Sunshine and Odyssey and Mario 64 have that same structure, whether you're jumping into a painting. And I guess a Galaxy is the same thing. It's like you, you start a yeah. bespoke world. But yeah, Bowser's Fury is technically open world, although it's just too small to feel that way. To, you know, it's 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 not no, a huge map. I think Bowser's Fury is the first real open world Mario game. Mm. I, I, we're all hoping that's an experiment that they will use as proof of concept for the next Mario yeah. game. Like for, for building the Mushroom Kingdom for the open world Mario game that will probably come out to coincide with the movie, we can hope. Wouldn't yeah, that be amazing? That's totally happening in two months and they haven't announced it. No! <laughs> <laughs> that's not how Nintendo works. Stop it. Yeah, I know, I know. They're, they're not going to do Stealth Drop with a Mario. It's not Hi-Fi Rush. <laughs> stealth, a stealth Mario game drop. <laughs> Jesus Christ. They did, by the way... The stealth drop of the Mario plumbing commercial is one that of the greatest cool. things that's ever happened. That thing's cool. Use the, I mean, that TV show Mario rap is is impeccable. I was Matt was like, call this number. I'm like, I am shitting my brains out. <laughs> if 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 this doesn't. If this isn't what you're saying it is, I'm going to be mad at you if somebody answers. <laughs> yeah. Somebody and answers said, and it's late and they're like, Hello. It was Charlie Day as Luigi. Yeah. Like, it was amazing. He gave yeah. me a great... Did you text it? Because, like, spiel. if you text the number, mm -hmm. they start a whole thing where it's, it's a pretty... It's fun. It's it a fun, was awesome. It's one of those viral marketing campaigns we always talk about doing. And I'm like, oh, they actually pulled it off and it's pretty good. Yeah. Yeah, it's pretty good. Yeah, yeah. I've, yeah, I've been involved in several of them and they never... Like, I've... I, I, I was so crazy... Never mind. Yeah. Read the next one. Um, I'll read the next one. Uh, Vocalic says, uh, I would really like to see an open world Men in Black game. Hmm. Yeah. New York is pretty well uh, charted territory, but I think that um, the aliens in the spaceships hidden in plain sight would be enough to make it unique. Uh, not to mention going to the MIB headquarters and driving around the city in the supercharged cars. 
it is the it's the only way to ex- explain like how you could get away with the shit you do in an open world game is if you just mm. flash their memories away. It's like, oh, I didn't just do yeah. that thing you just saw me do. I didn't just run over yes. eighteen civilians. Like, like like fucking eagle vision, like you do in Harry Potter game for some reason. That's the be- <laughs> this is the best response, by the eagle way. <laughs> like like you could do that. No. A Men in Black game like like Hogwarts Legacy should happen. Uh, let's see from the official Laser Time community on Facebook. Uh, Jose de Gracia says, first of all, congrats on 10 years. Yeah, sorry yeah, I missed yeah, that yeah, show, boys. Um, but I was in Japan, so no regrets there. Uh, that's excuse. just that's just insane. But to answer the question of the week, I want to explore and walk around an open world Power Rangers game. Mm, you oh spend boy. the day building up your social links with the rest of your team. And I mean, that sounds like a persona game. And maybe you get ambushed by putties in the park or you're at the martial arts competition and have to sneak out to answer your friends who are in trouble at the nearby quarry. Now, I'm just pissed off this game will never happen. Never say never. They have, there's a fucking Power Rangers fighting game not too long ago. Uh, and then they, they followed up with the comment, I just realized that fast travel is built in. You literally have a canonical teleport to get from fight to fight. And then you can have a Megazord fight with uh, Fight Night Control. <laughs> so that'd be good. Yeah, I'd be down for that. Ah, oh, after 10,000 years <laughs> to be played. Uh, th- that's what baffles... Uh, like. We we talk about the Ninja Turtles game and like I was like we shouldn't call the Ninja Turtles Shredder's Revenge game game of the year. Uh, it wasn't but the world. Well, well we, we talked yeah, about it was it. in the top ten. But um, what wasn't the top ten are the really great Power Rangers games that came out in between, and that's it's it's capturing the same nostalgia as Ninja the Ninja Turtles game. You see what I'm saying? Like um. Uh, Ninja Turtles has rooted themselves in video games in a way that Power Rangers didn't. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, but Power Rangers did. It's just those games weren't as good. Yeah. There's one good Super Nintendo game. Mm. There really is. Um, I love the Power Rangers. By and that way. and that is it. Anyway, the the fighting game from a few years ago is good. It's a good fighting game. Yeah. Uh, while Jesse Moore says, what about inner space? Hardly know her. Uh, just, just fly around in a tiny submarine inside a human body. You can just explore all of the insides and do quests for the various bodily systems. Man, uh, yeah, I really want to take a quest from the liver. How you doing, liver? Ah, oh, I'm getting pissed <laughs> off at the kidneys. They're muscling into my territory. Uh, really take that tiny character big world genre to its next step. Maybe get a cameo of Martin Short. Wouldn't that be cool? Give me Meg Ryan or give me death. Mm. I, I, it's got to be Morton Short for me. Like, um, I can't piss again. I can't do a good Martin Short. Sorry, but <laughs> just he just do Ed Grimley. Just do Ed Grimley. Oh my son! <laughs> go. Oh good. my god! Do Jimmy oh, Glick. Just do Jimmy Glick. Oh my god! I, like I'm, I have several children: uh, Michael, Jordan, Matthew, and Moody. Moody, <laughs> Moody. <laughs> like, like I like the if the world is catered to me. Fucking Jiminy Glick's care children. Whoever Modine is would host the next ten years of talk shows. <laughs> Modine Glick. Jimmy Glick should cameo on that murder in the building show. Like I would just, I would yeah, love only that. murders in the building. That's what yeah, it is. Yes. 
What if, what if Modine was revealed to be played by Selena Gomez? Cinco blue. <laughs> <laughs> it should just be Matthew Modine. Like he's just not been busy acting. Mm-hmm. You know? Oh, no, that's who Modine is named for. It wouldn't make sense for them to be Matthew, Matthew Modine. Modine. Uh, somebody read Kelly Ryan. Uh, I want a massive open world Dungeons and Dragons game mm. as an Elden Ring or Breath of the Wild Club. I, I do want to say, like, I took my dad to the Avatar 3D. Again? Again! God damn it. Stop. Hold on. Shut the fuck <laughs> up. Your identity, Shut your identity is the Stop. Avatar guy now. <laughs> My dad doesn't know anything about D and D, and like he saw that the trailer for the D and D movie, and like Uh-oh. this looks great. What is this? Your dad knows what D and D is. He thought it was great. No, my dad, my dad predates D and D. Like I, my so. dad's way older yeah. than some some of my friends' dads. He's like, isn't that that thing He's Tom 75. Hanks used to play? <laughs> yeah, that's the game. Tom Hanks almost killed himself. Yeah. In. No, we almost lost Tom Hanks to D and D. I'm not amazing gonna... monster movie. But uh, yeah, D and D has uh, says Kelly Ryan. D and D has so many uh, neat areas I have always wanted to explore, such as the Underdark, uh, McKinnis. Sure. Um, oh, <laughs> way to be correct. I don't know. Uh, Firewild. Faye. Faye. Uh, there is also uh, an inn called the Yawning Portal that has a hole that leads to the Underdark that I would love to see. Uh, I think. I know that there are some D and D games that have these areas, but um, no, but nothing where it's all connected. Uh, so technically, what you were describing is the Forgotten Worlds setting. I, I just say. like to point that out. I would also say, Kelly Ryan, I worked on Neverwinter, which is a game that showcases much of what you just listed, and, and uh, is this is true. This is as true. open as you're going to get in MMO, but. To, so I will. Uh, this is where I will do my glasses up, like Michael. Uh, actually, the worlds of Dungeons and Dragons are not all connected. Some actually take place on different planets during different time periods, and so having an open world based on all of those would just be ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> Unless you have a spell jabber and can travel between. Them. Well, spell jabber is an exception. That is what I will grant <laughs> As you. My co-host so. gave me shit. My best professor Frank. They can all go. Uh, I, I don't I don't care for them and I wish they were dead. I'm nerdy about other things. Uh, leave me alone. Take that back, sir. Roll for initiative. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> Nothing has described me better than zero charisma. <laughs> uh, What's your Thacko's score, though, Chris? I I mean, I, I, I suck. Like, people like listening to me, but they don't like hanging out with me. It's That's like weird. a low thack like, Zero money. charisma. <laughs> uh, Patrick Shauna Rooks says, uh, as a fan of camping and outdoors, I would love to I'd love some collaboration with the National Park Service to create something like Firewatch, mm. which I think they might have been involved with, actually. Possibly. Uh, my favorite walking simulator. It's good walking mm-hmm. simulator, but on a massive scale... Imagine all of Yosemite or Yellowstone, where you can parkour through with no respect uh, for trails or stomping on the delicate nature. That's the alternate version of America, where instead of the U.S. Army game getting made for 30 years, we actually, you know, give money toward the national parks to create a game like this. So that's not going to happen. Well, uh, you might be interested in Riders Republic, the Ubisoft game that uh, has an open <laughs> world... That is made of a bunch of elements from a bunch of different right. American national parks. Yeah. Dude, 
You can you can take this out, but my 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 girl's kid, that's his favorite game. Wow. Right now. Why would I take that out? Like, <laughs> it's positive. Yeah, I thought that... Like, I know, but like I, I told him, you are not to buy Ubisoft <laughs> games in this house. Uh, he'd he'd get along um, great with uh, with Andy Bellman. I, I know that's what I told him. Like the, the reason these games are cool is because fucking bam. If you uh, ever wanted to like, yeah, yeah wingsuit yeah. across Half Dome, uh, that's the game to do it in. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah. He, and he's and he's not wrong. It's a great setting. Like, I feel like I said that this recently. Like we like I went to Lizzie's wedding and uh, paid for the insurance on, like, what if my flight is canceled? And there was a flash flood. My flight was canceled. Oh, and then I just had, like, a free car and, like, free hotels. And I went to the drive-in every night. And I went to Joshua Tree every night. And the desert was the coolest place I've ever seen in my life. It had better reception than anywhere in Florida. <laughs> no matter where I was. There's a lot of, a lot so of filming cool. done out there. they got to have yep. good reception. Exactly. Yeah, it was really dope. Is awesome. Uh, let's see from the Twitter. Logical Dojo says, uh, "If a new hit and run is off the table, I'd love a New York, a new New York City, New York Ooh. City. Uh, there exists a Futurama game for PS2, Xbox, but to get around an open world of tomorrow via tubes and making deliveries to the moon could be pretty darn neat." I, I agree. I would love to see an open world Futurama game, New New York. Maybe go to the moon in like three seconds or whatever. <laughs> like by the time Fry is finished counting down, they are on the moon. I feel again. I feel like it's destined to happen. Futurama improves with age the way most shows mm-hmm. don't. It's always good. Um, it'll be good in twenty. Like imagine, I'm twenty years older than the the youngest person listening. Twenty years from now, Futurama will still be cool. I like to think so. Okay, so new question of the week. Did you want to ask about UFO shit? I did. I wanted to ask about the weirdest UFO stories you ever heard. And if not weirdest UFO stories you ever Mm. heard, weirdest fake UFO stories you ever heard. I I have one. It's not my story. And this is where I will plug a friend of the show. So recently on the Chaluminati podcast, they covered a, a story I'd never heard before. But it's wild. It's Have you guys ever heard of Valiant Thor? No. So Valiant Thor was this supposed alien visitor from Venus. He was from Venus who came to Earth to like teach us how to be better human beings. And, but there's like a Christian tie-in angle where it's like basically like the Venetians are really the only people who actually follow the ways of Christ. It ended up being like this weird cult thing where there's pictures go look up valiant thor online you will find pictures of this guy who's supposed to be an alien from venus who just looks like a really good looking dude in a suit right but it is this wild story of this guy that somehow kind of founds a cult but it's like with space stuff and it's it's crazy man and uh if you want to hear about it Go listen to the Chaluminati podcast, uh, co-hosted by Alex Fasciani, who's been on our show before. And it's quite a good podcast, but hmm. that story was fascinating. So, Valiant Thor. Wow. Um, yeah, I'm going to say, like, you know, I, I like to go back to Flatwoods Monster, because uh, Flatwoods is an iconic alien that looks like it's wearing a bizarre uh, queen's dress with, like, a high back. But um, I, I remember reading a story very similar to Flatwoods 
when I was a kid um, in one of those, you know, not time life, but time life adjacent books about like hauntings and UFO sightings and stuff like that. And that there was like a UFO incident that involved a like a Sasquatch like monster, just a huge hairy ape man that wandered into this family's backyard and like only one of the like the little boy saw it and was like crying and hiding and he's like it was holding a dead dog and for whatever reason that that image that little boy was yeah. <laughs> that image haunted my childhood just like imagining that if i looked out into the backyard at twilight i'd i'd see like a huge hairy Sasquatch staring at me like holding a dead dog just lumbering around. Like that was a reasonable thing that might appear in a suburban backyard. <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, like, th th okay, so I have three uh, things I want to say. One, um, a friend of mine who is way more popular than I was in my hometown. Uh, Scott Stapp. No, Creed. no. Oh my god. Oh my god. Oh my god. I was I was in a situation where he all like a bunch of people told Scott Stapp stories like just last week. Holy shit. Uh we have to save that. That's for a different podcast. Okay. Man, we have a ton of Scott Stapp stories. So after he landed in his UFO, um, what did Scott Stapp do? No, no, he just like he was a waiter at Barnacle Bills and with like, arms and wide a, open, baby. A shitty mm -hmm. guy. I'm sorry, I'm Jesus. I'm not going to split my tips. Like, like <laughs> I earn more. I, this is I'm higher than you. I'm okay, saying, like, I, I, I don't know how many young younger people are are listening to me. One of my fucking the funniest stories I ever heard. Because if you didn't hear from me when I talked about like being obsessed with alien and abductions, I would try and go to sleep on my roof, which, which was a precarious place. It wasn't hmm. easy to get to. Uh, I would try and like be abducted by aliens. I wanted it. I wanted it. I wanted it. Just and like I, that girl I in ID four, man. She got blown up though, bro. I signaled it. I, I but that's what I'm saying. Like I was one of those people like who didn't get what they wanted and also didn't die. And like I like it, it's very weird. Uh every week I would I would try and be abducted by aliens. But but like um the funniest thing I heard uh is a friend of mine who I don't like named Lucas uh, went to sleep and then like imagine waking up at five in the morning and the halo theme is occurring all around you hmm. like the, the, the choir theme oh. okay yeah not the, not the fucking sweet part where the drums kicking like imagine you wake up in your shitty fucking building and like oh it was 20 of his friends, like, uh, <laughs> shining lights and, like, choiring. It's the coolest story I've ever heard. If you can ever, if you have enough friends to do that. That's some next level pranking. Please yeah, do that's that. That's good shit. Yeah, that's good. Please do that. And um, um, my other favorite story is, um, I don't want to not say his last name because he's keeping it a secret, but just to leave him alone, but, like. When Michael and I used to do a show on, on, on a different network, we were doing we, we did a show with a guy who whose dad was a paranormal expert. So, or stepdad, his stepdad. <clears throat> so once he was fifteen, he went to all these conventions, and he was just like, it was the best person to talk to. And like, 
none of this is real. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no, none of this is real. Like, um, I was dragged to this as a fucking 13 year old. None of this is real. We're going to go out to Area 51. Do you remember his story about Area 51, Michael? Barely. Um, you're not supposed to be there. We're going in. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're, we're, we're a clandestine group. We want to know the truth. And like a helicopter flies over their head. And, he, and it just like, it validates everything they ever thought. Right. When really they were just and, trespassing uh, on government land. Yes, they were just yeah. trespassing on the side. <laughs> Sir, put your arms down. Stop doing the Naruto site. run. Yeah, they wouldn't, they <laughs> right. wouldn't stop us from trespassing if they didn't have something to hide. If these were aliens undercover, they would murder you. But they didn't. They did things to scare you. Like, um, I have the same story, but it was for, like, dirt biking on government land. All right? They'll just, they don't like you on their land, period, dude. Like, Because that's but, where they but, keep um, the aliens. Yeah, of course. Yeah. yeah, we all saw ID four. We know what happened to Data. Mm-hmm. There's, I have so many favorite alien stories. I really do. <laughs> well, pick one. Av- okay. If you say Avatar, so help me God. <laughs> no, no, I'm not going to say Avatar. No, he's going to say Avatar two, Shape of Water, <laughs> Way when of that, Water. When sorry, that a- when that alien wears the sweet Oakleys. <laughs> what? The by, f- by the way, by the way. <laughs> None of these assholes will be saying this if they saw the movie in three years. I know. <laughs> but it has, it has, what's that character on South Park? The PC gym coach guy or whatever. The PC, PC principal. principal, principal PC principal is a character in Avatar 2. He has the same glasses and everything. Well, okay. Yeah, to show you that he's bad. <laughs> Anybody with wraparound glasses Anyone, is bad. Every, every baseball player from the 90s, apparently. I totally forgot what other story I was going to tell. But I look forward to what other stories you were going to tell. <laughs> um, oh no, no, no! Uh, but like, look, here's the, it's it's a this is the ultimate third hand knowledge. Um, there was I, I saw a documentary and it was called "The Curse of the Guy Who Saw UFOs." What? And every time you see hear from a guy who saw UFOs, it's like I used to work for the government, man. It's crazy. And this guy was like a surfer, like. I don't know, man. Weird things happen around me. And and a team of people follow him around. And, like, weird things happen to him when he's around. Like, the whole town will see something when he's around. Like, I told you, man. I'm not used to this. Uh, But he's, like, everyone else is desperate to prove something. This guy's like... Oh, man, life's a party. Like uh, this I don't sounds know. like a Matthew uh, McConaughey movie. Like what the hell? No, it's it's, it's called it's, it's called uh, Chris Rapolo. I think is is his name. But here's the thing: I, I, I'm going to tell you the scariest thing that's ever happened in this documentary. Okay. So, brace yourself, Michael. Imagine, imagine Michael and and Matt. You're a cipher for UFOs. Mm. They come around you. You right. see weird lights. Weird shit you. just happens to ah! you. Ah, what a weird life. He said, he said, he said, um, when I was six, yes. my mother got knocked out and Bullwinkle came to my window. <laughs> Bullwinkle. <Okay>. Bullwinkle. <laughs> the Bullwinkle. So, 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 like, did your mom knock like, out there? At, at best, you have the Robert De Niro 3D 2005 version in your head. You're like, hey, man. And like what he said, I'm going to do Bullwinkle impression. He didn't do this. 
Hey, man, I'm going to show you a bunch of weird stuff for the rest of your life. Is that all right? <laughs> don't tell your mom. Uh, like, <laughs> and the, like, I don't know. I swear to Christ, I've had a dream where, like, if a adult Bullwinkle came to my door Terrifying. as a six-year-old, I would just, like, fucking kill me. Kill me. I never <laughs> want to live again. I moose, never want to moose is? That's huge. Yeah, no, that's terrifying. <laughs> like, uh, but that's how he described his first instance with the uh, other organ. Well, that would fuck mm. you. That would fuck you up for life. Bullwinkle. I get it. Yeah. yeah. No. And for some reason, a documentary crew followed him around. It's it's all bullshit, but it's all also very weird. Everywhere he goes, he's like, yeah, weird lights happen all around me. And like, and the camera's right there. And like, and you can hear people like half a mile away, like, holy shit. Oh, my God. I told you, man. <laughs> God, Bullwinkle! We're gonna have to drop to an Aesop's fable in a second. Uh, sorry, I have nothing funny to say about any of this. I just imagine like real life Boris and Natasha. Like, did you see? It's moose a whole documentary, documentary about a guy who contracts UFOs. The scariest part was Bullwinkle <laughs> coming to my window and saying, "Don't tell anybody." <laughs> don't, 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 hey, kid, don't, you ever don't. seen one of these? <laughs> These aren't antlers. <laughs> like, oh, it's more terrifying horrible. to me because I grew up near a bullwinkle. So. Wow. Yes. What if it came so to life? It did. Every night it was a robot. Tell us all your alien stories. I want to know. because, like, I, I really think like with our friend Matt, and I, I love him so much, and I would love to say his name. I just didn't get, didn't get his permission. Mm-hmm. But he, he lived the other planetary lifestyle. And saw nothing, and saw no proof. Do you remember who I'm talking about, Michael? Do I remember? Yeah, no, I remember this. Yeah, like he—he's the ultimate like uh, blanket on the fire of all this stuff. Mm-hmm. He lived his life around yeah. this stuff. Yeah, and we talk about it vaguely in thirty twenty ten this week because uh, Jr. is sort of like the idea of like there's no one in the universe is more frightening than there's anyone in the universe, and like. I don't know. I think it's kind of the same. Hmm. Uh, it's kind of the same because, like, uh, we we spend our whole life like aliens look like this, like what, like us with bigger eyes. How'd they get here? In little tiny metal cars that they drive here, <laughs> and, and, and it's just like we have drones. So imagine what. A society that was thousands of years older than us might have mm-hmm. better drones. Like, they might be looking at us, but like, what, what interest would you and you and Matt have of a fucking two deer right now? That that's what aliens would have of us. Hmm? Yeah, I don't know, man. Well, I like deer. Yeah. Deer are pretty fucking rad. I mean, we yeah. don't we don't even know if aliens like if any exist if they can even perceive outer space. Maybe. They explore inward somehow. We don't know. I'm going to call out Michael for saying inward. Um, <laughs> Wait, what? <and laughs> no, you did say Matt it. Matt heard it. You said you Matt said inward, it. man. Oh, inward. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Unbelievable. <laughs> he said it again. He did it again. He's just saying I, it I thought you were saying I, I said the N-word like, holy shit. In no, 2023. I didn't. <laughs> Unbelievable. Your head. I thought this was Jesus a cool show. Dude. I'm retiring. Um, but, but, but like, uh, 
imagine what we know now with our drone technology. What interest would extra... Like, uh, anybody capable of extra uh, extraterrestrial travel... Mm-hmm. Like they could easily be you. Like they could be mad. They might have been Mike. Michael is giving me the wrap it yeah, up signal, we're almost and I refuse to acknowledge yeah. him. Well, here's the thing. I mean, they're writing a book. It's called "To Serve Man," and they got to They got to do some research, Chris. It's fine. Hmm. I, as someone who just went to Tomorrowland, I would love the idea of evil aliens or ED aliens. ED aliens, I'll call them. Ancient aliens. That's what I'm all about, baby. Or ancient aliens, yes. I, I would love to watch more of what, what racists do during the day um, rather than tweeting on Twitter. I'll watch the History Channel. Um, yeah, aliens rule. Why would they talk to us? All right. So do you have a UFO story or even a Yay! fake one that you've heard? A good one. Uh, let us know. Share it with us. Go to Vigil Make Apocalypse. up a good one. See yeah. if you read it yeah. before, uh, before it's Why on not? The air. What have you got to lose? Uh, mm-hmm. Go to Vigil Game Apocalypse. What, what are we going to do? Check? We're going to call the aliens? No. <laughs> we don't know any better. Fuck nope. you. Nope. Uh, go, go to VigilGameApocalypse.com and answer under the comments for episode 511. Alternately, you can visit us at the official Laser Time community on Facebook. There'll be a th- thread there where you can answer, or ping us on Twitter at VG Apocalypse, and we will read the answers on next week's show. Anyway, that's been our show. Um, once again, Mike Williams had to duck out early, so find him on Twitter at Automatic Zen, or check out his work at fanbyte.com, B-Y-T-E. There you go. In yeah, I still I still want to talk to Matt more about like Did I say that? Like he, he went into Area fifty one with his dad as a little kid. Yeah, his not step-dad. not this Matt, no, the other no, Matt that you're no, talking no. about. But yeah, you did his talk step-dad. about that. Yes. Yeah. As a little kid. Yeah. And, and like I don't see anything helicopter. and then like a helicopter. Yes. <laughs> okay, we should go. But like that <laughs> happens to me in my neighborhood. Helicopters fly low all the time to check out various shit. You know, it is true. But 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 uh, Matt lives in 1992, Boys in the Hood, Compton. Well, no, um, I've been I've had ye- helicopters yell at me like over the loudspeaker, like "What are you doing too. here? Get out of here!" Like I didn't think it was Disperse. a fucking alien conspiracy. I thought I was yeah, trespassing. There's nothing that seems that, that'll make you seem less like a human than a helicopter yelling at you. <laughs> <laughs> and again, like, this happened to me in Florida over fireworks. Like, ah, disperse. Don't nothing that goes in the air. <laughs> well, we we <laughs> will call John Wayne. <laughs> it's very very old. Very old. Uh, Never mind. Keep going. All, all right. right. What else we got to tease? Anything? Plugs? Uh, you know, go to patreon.com slash laser time to help pay us for editing these long ass shows. Yeah, <laughs> Jesus helps. Christ. <laughs> uh, but no, seriously, go to patreon.com. No, fucking serious. Seriously. Patreon.com slash laser time. As always, visit us online at vigigameapocalypse.com. Follow us on Twitter at VG Apocalypse. Follow me personally on Twitter at Wikiparas. That's W-I-K-I-P-A-R-A-Z. Anyway, that's been our show. Thanks for listening, everybody. We'll see you next week.
yeah, my shit doesn't work. I crunch on one of these blue chews and I'm just mm-hmm. like, I can cut diamonds. 